this show is dedicated to uh, one of our homeboys, Al Anderson and his family. Uh, blessings and thoughts go out to you. So uh, with that in mind, let's kick off the show. Welcome to Don't Be Alarmed, We're Negroes, and we have plenty Negroes in the house for this Masters Roundtable edition. What's up, Suge? How you doing? I'm chilling. This is going to be a great episode. We are focusing on the Masters, which is, you know, in the golf world, it is the tournament. With that, this, uh, we're gonna, we're, what we're going to talk about in this episode, we're going to uh, cover the Tiger News of the Week. We're going to get into last week's Valero Texas Open and the Ana Inspiration. And then we're going to get straight into the Masters 72 Chamber style. We're also going to get into our regular segment of what are we hating on. And I know this crew is going to bring it today. And then we're going to wrap out or we're going to wrap up with the shout outs from our Don't Be Alarmed crew. Love it. Love it. So let's go ahead and get into the. Tiger news of the week. Um, so we're wishing Tiger well. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of hate coming from the recent news that he was out in the public and they're not going to release the details of his crash. Um, cause people are nosy and they want to know what was behind the whole situation. Um, it's interesting. I don't know what, what's your thoughts on that, Suge? You know, um, I think there's a lot of people out there that just do not like Tiger Woods. They want to see him fail. So to all the haters out there, go do something else, man. You know, this this is a man who's dedicated his life to this sport and uh, he deserves the the respect. And, you know, if this is sealed up, leave it where it is. You know, hopefully let's wish that man well. Let's uh, let's get him. Let's get him back to at least, you know, participating in golf events. If if maybe getting ready to play at some point. But, um, you know, this week, I think it's just going to be different without him there. I agree. But the players are thinking about him. Um, So that wraps up our Tiger News of the Week. Um, Our drink of the show today is the Azalea. A little bit of pineapple juice, a couple of shots of vodka or gin, grenadine, lemon juice, stirred up on some rocks, and it's pretty tasty. So. Definitely slaps. Yeah. Grab you one and listen to the pod. So um, I know you like to be lathered up. Um, a lot of these these fellas on this show love skin protection and keep the lathering in their bags. And so uh, let's hear from your eyes on the aesthetics. Hey, golfer, gals and gents. This is Ashley Knight, founder and owner of For Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Plan on hitting the links? Then you need sunscreen. 80% of all skin aging comes from the sun. So protect yourself while you're on the green with Image Skincare, available only through a trusted esthetician like me. When I'm outdoors, my go-to sunscreen is the Prevention Plus Daily Ultimate Protection Moisturizer, SPF 50. A friend of this podcast is a friend of mine. So enter coupon code DON'TBEALARMED at checkout and you will receive 20% off your order. Again, Enter coupon code DON'T BE ALARMED at checkout to receive 20% off all orders. 
you can find us at www.youreyesonlyesthetics.com. Again, that's www.youreyesonlyesthetics.com. Thank you for that. Stay moisturized. Get your moisture on. So with that, let's kick into our guests that we have here today. And we have plenty of them. All your favorite guests are back with us today. So let's start with the introductions. Let's go with Dan. What's up, fellas? Glad to be back. So you may know me as Trombone Shorty from my old band days. So Dan, the answer man, Method Dan, proud to be here. Excited. Appreciate you coming back. Yes, indeed. Let's go ahead and kick it over to Booger. Thank you for having me again. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back. Um, Booger, Boogaloo, Booger Sugar, Putter Like Butter, hashtag can't stop the fire unless you get burnt. Thank you guys for having me again. Right on, man. Uh, Mike D. (laughs) Mike D, what's up? Mike D. D. What's up, fellas? Nice to be here. Um, Kicked off the inaugural show. Uh, Nice to be here at number 10. And, uh, you know, MD on the first show, 14 handicapper in the summer, 30, 32 in the winter, and uh, commish of the, the Hard Knock Slice Tour. Right on. Thanks for joining us again. Let's go over to uh, Mr. Chocolate Twilight. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me back. Uh, booger sugar, huh? Like most boogers are salty. So like, <laughs> where did that come from? But whatever. Um, uh, yeah, it's Vish, Vishnu, uh, Chocolate Twilight. Just glad to be back. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to a good conversation here. Right on, right on. Kicking it over to B. Coles. What up, what up? Thanks for having me back. I don't have anything cool to say like these guys do, though. Well, hey, man, that's it's, that's what we're on this show. This show is cool. This is the this is the you know, this is the epitome of cool, you know, um, and appreciate everyone being here this this week uh, for this great master's show. So we're going to kick it over to C Pipes. Uh, thank you, boys, for having me back. Sea pipe is what they call me. Uh, ice water is what they call me in the summer. Um, just ready to kick it with you guys. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the conversation. It's Masters Week, baby. Right on, right on. Let's go with Cassaba Melon Calves. What's going on, brother? I never lived that down, man. I lived, never lived that down. What's up, y'all? This is E-Train, a.k.a. Train. That's T-R-A-N-E. AKA DJ E Train, AKA L Dog Trey, AKA, uh, that's AKA the AKAs. <laughs> yes, indeed. And we're going to go to what I call the Swiss Army Knife, Mr. 44. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me back again. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, uh, the Swiss Army Knife. What up, Reggie? You gave me some other ones, man. Um, <laughs> the Nature Boy. Woo! Yes, Woo! sir. Um, 44. I, I'm so excited to have 
a regular Masters Golf Week back. We missed it last year. It was weird. This is going to be awesome. So thanks for having me. Right on, right on. Word. Well, we we don't want to delay the Masters talk, but we had a couple of tournaments that happened last weekend. The Anna Inspiration, um, and that was a great women's tournament. It was uh, the first major of the year. It was great. Um, and the winner was Patty, Patty T. I ain't going to mess up her last name because I, I tried to get through it today. It's, it's, it was pretty tough. Um, I'm a Tanikit. Oh, yeah. there we go. Thank you very much for that. Dan, Dan the answer man on that. Thank you. He's a um, rookie, too. And that's crazy, man. Rookie. Yep. And then the Valero Texas Open. And the winner was Jordan Spieth. And so he's he's been working his way throughout the year getting his game together. It's been a while. He's been playing like all of us on this call for a while. Um, and then he's he's poured it on. So he's uh, looking good going into the Masters. So it's kind of dope that he uh, he he kind of won that. So Yeah. No, you know what's wild about his, uh, his tournament in all four rounds? Uh, no Eagles at all. Mm. But he had 24 birdies. Mm. So – just thought that that was interesting, man. Um, we got uh, Chocolate Twilight here wants to uh, go ahead and, and chime in, brother. I was just going to say on the on the women's tournament, how about the jump in the pond afterwards? Like, I think the women's sure. sport needs a little bit of interest, and that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Poppy's Pond. That's a great tradition. It is. Give it a 10 on the jump. And, and Patty, she bombs the ball. I mean, she was averaging, what, like 326 yards on her drives? Yep. I mean, she destroyed the course because her distance. Wow. So w- watch out for her in the years to come. For sure. And wire yeah. to wire, too. She she led m- the entire tournament, which is, yeah, I mean, that's that's just hard to do, right? I mean, she fought, she she put up six rounds in the 60s. 66, 69, 67, 68. How are you going to contend with that? Who's doing that on the, on this uh, on this podcast? Let me just... <laughs> on the front or the back? <laughs> Yikes. That's the truth. Are we talking putt-putt? Booger, what's your thoughts? I was I was, you, glad she won. Great showing. I was surprised. I thought Michelle Wee was going to come out and actually play. And disappointment. Just the first day she was good. Then confused. She looked confused out there day two. <laughs> Just killed me. And how about Lydia Cole? Well, that minus 10 on the final round. Yeah, she was charged with the 62. Yeah. She was making a charge, man. Yeah, so it's like she heard games coming back because you know she was a young kind of prodigy, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, she's just she's. I think she found her swing again. So watch out, long putts too. She made some some uh, some great approach shots too, man. Um, so yeah, the ladies the ladies got game, man. They sure do. For sure. I have to be honest with you, I didn't watch any of it other than the pond jump. Did anybody else watch? I mean, I know Dan did because Dan's got like yes. all of the people. I didn't watch, but I watched the uh, the amateur tournament at the Masters. That was a good those, event. Those girls good too. Yep. We've got some good amateurs out there for sure. Yep. And to play it at, just to get to play there. You know what I mean? Right. Wow. Well, nice. Well, I, I have one question for the for the fellas, man. You know, um, Phil did have a 10 over the weekend. How many of y'all can relate to that? Oh, I can. I think the question is how many can't relate to that. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say, mean, I think we all got that. That yeah. will be part of my hate of the week. 
we've all got tens in us, but that was just a bad ten. That was just like checked out. Was it just what what times did Jet leave? A ten. Because <laughs> some of the shots that were that that were cause of that ten were just he wasn't paying attention anymore. He was checked out. Yeah, if it's like course management or something where it's in your head more than just execution or bad bounces, whatever. Yeah. You got to cap it at snowman and just do the snowman dance and walk off. <laughs> That's the part of golf I love so much when I watch and they get like triples and quadruples and tens. And I'm like, I got a chance. I got a chance to be on tour. <laughs> and you're watching it like, I wish you ill. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, we talked about these lesser tournaments that, you know, aren't the majors or whatever. You kind of watch it like it's NASCAR. You want to see car crashes. So, yeah, Phil putting up that 10, you know, that, that's nice to see. And then, you know, well, I, I had, last year when uh, Tiger at the Masters had that – did he get a 10 on 16? He was in contention, and he went out and just, just – Was right? it a 10? Did he get a 10? Yep. So, I mean, that was last year at the Masters. I mean, it happens to potentially the greatest – uh, player on that course or for that course, right? So, yeah, you, you're right. You know, you love to you love to see them suck because misery loves company. So, in uh-huh. his defense, that might have been the Quaaludes from the night before. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> I like to see him shoot a ten because that means I can join the senior tour when I hit that spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the quotes of that Mathis, if I may, he said that I guess it was the twelfth hole, what I'm looking up right now. Said it was one of his worst holes of his career, but the next six holes were the best of his career, is what he's they were saying. Hmm. So he can bounce back. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. And I don't a lot of these other guys, I think they struggle with that. So, you know, if if you know if they, they do have a bad stretch, it kind of seems to get on them a lot harder. Um, where I think that kind of separates, you know, the you know, the I what I consider the, you know, the GOAT. Entire. I think that's true to all sports, right? Those guys that have short memory, mm-hmm. they can move on and execute. Yeah. Well, and if you think about, and this is just my perspective, as an older golfer, that's the part of my game that is has grown. Is just my mental toughness and my ability to do that. When I was younger, right, I have a bad hole too, and I'm just done. It's like cart cart girl now. You know, I feel that's a, a part of my game that's improved without really doing anything but just getting older. So, you guys' thoughts? Same thing or? Same. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, as your body kind of goes downhill, your mind has to go up, right? Truth. You have more patience. Front nine. Front nine, I see that for me. Back nine, when I get around 15, 16, I had a bad shot. Then I just start forcing stuff because I know – my body reaction is not the same as it was when I was younger. So, I mean, it, it gets a little bit difficult sometimes, but next thing you know, I make me a rum and Coke at the cart and I'm good. <laughs> I think I just had to learn to stay away from the cart girl altogether. <laughs> <laughs> That's because of different area codes. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of area codes, we're traveling down to Georgia, for the masters. And so the tradition is, uh, the masters dinner. And so, um, we wanted to go through and look through past masters dinners, kind of hate a little bit, talk about these menus that these champs have put out there. Um, in 2020, here's DJ's menu pigs in a blanket with a lobster corn fritter, 
uh, house or Caesar salad, mashed potatoes and veggies, filet mignon, miso sea bass, and peach cobbler and apple pie with ice cream. So, I mean, some of these menus are 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 cracking. Um, there's there's a good mixture of different things out there. Tiger always has a mixture, and it's gonna have some dairy for dessert, and uh, that's that's stomach time for myself with all this. Uh, he wants to have Mexican food and and throw the shakes at the end. It's like, come on, champ. Yeah, what you trying to do? There there was some of the if you look back and see some of the winning. Uh, dinner some of that was some straight hot garbage and some shit like what or what the hell did some of these people eat man it was yo. some weird weird stuff yo so wow. 20 so i looked at 2013 and 2015 when bubba watson won homeboy served chicken breast with a side of green beans and mashed potatoes he served meal prep <laughs> for, for the week for the master's dinner oh, okay okay and for those of you I know, I love you to death. The ones I don't, I hope to get to know you and love you to death. But you can't tell me since birth, y'all was eating perfect food. You can't tell me none of y'all didn't have pick, ain't had no picking up blankets growing up. Wait, that's, that's not the on. point. It's not, that's the, not, point. not the point at all. The masters, and that's what the fuck you want to eat? It's, it's but the you, masters. You gotta figure, it's the masters, so you got to say, you know what? I'm taking it back because masters are so bougie, so uppity. Let's get hood. Let's go trailer park right now. I feel like it's very easy to go trailer park. <laughs> it's very easy to go hood, dog. <laughs> if I'm at the Masters, I need top notch everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with the they were good hot dogs, though. They were probably you know you know high quality at least. Like you can't you can't call it the greatest tournament in golf and then go cheap on the dinner. Yeah, right? like it's all got it's all got to sit in line together. But I see a lot of the guys, you know, international guys or whatever, paying homage to their countries and stuff, right? So if you're used to eating seafood, spicy food, fried food, whatever, your stomach's used to that. But I'm glad they do it on Tuesday because they need two days to clear out that system because they're going to be <laughs> bubble guts and wrong for a little bit. Are you trying to serve anybody haggis? Yeah, mm-hmm. then that's the one that I was like, what the fuck, yo? What? Isn't that goat head? Mm. Yeah. A goat No, head. no, no. That's like organs and like a stomach. Dipper. and Yeah. They, they bring it all together and then they you eat it like it's I think they serve it in like it might be kind of like in some kind of a low form. I don't know, but that's yeah, it. It's good. It's good. Hold on. I, here's this question. Chuck, if you pipes, if you are hosting a master's dinner next year, what are you serving? Uh, so I can't think that fast, but I'm looking at Patrick Reese 2019 and it's perfect. <laughs> yep. It's a uh Prime bone-in cowboy ribeye with herb butter, mountain trout if you want fish, uh, macaroni and cheese, cream cord, cream spinach, steamed broccoli. Desserts are tiramisu. You can scratch the tiramisu, but creme brulee, chocolate crunch, and praline cheesecake. I'll fuck with that. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah I'll, fuck with, I'll, go with, one, uh, I'll go ahead, Mike. I'll just go with Adam Scott's 2014, where he went surf and turf on it. Um, had the salad, the calamari, the wagyu beef steak. Uh, the Moraton Bay lobsters, sautéed spinach, certified onion cream, mashed potatoes. Yeah, solid. 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 That, was, that was number two on my list. I went with Spieth, you know, a Texas boy and barbecue. It's like it. It might not get better than that. So that was. It was between that and uh, and uh, Adam Scott's. Can't Maybe if you brought in North Carolina barbecue, not that Texas. Hey. Texas brisket. Uh, Texas, Texas brisket is good, man. Brisket, bro. I'm a, I'm a for sure. 
I'm going with the Surfing Turks as a Cali kid, but you can't tell me y'all talking, okay, you can't bring in hot dogs. Texas barbecue or any barbecue straight trailer park or hood. I didn't agree. So so put me in that same no. put me in the category. <laughs> I think I think barbecue sounds good, but I wouldn't I don't want the masters. So if well, I went hold on. can't call me up. If, if, I you, went if you're talking about eating good, I don't I don't give a shit. I don't want no hot dogs, not, nothing like that. Hell no. But see the what problem with raw hot dogs. It, with barbecue, though, if you have been to Texas and waited in that hour and a half line for the top barbecue in Austin, then you understand what Jordan Spieth was going for there. So I, I give him a little pass on that. Um, but I was just looking at Tiger from 2000 and, or 1998 when he had cheeseburgers, chicken sandwiches, and french fries and a milkshake. But then again, I was like, okay, Tiger was what? 22. 22. 22. Yeah. So he did. He was like, yeah, let me just get something. But then what I what I wanted him to do, I see this 2020 with the steak, the chicken fajitas, sushi and uh, sashimi and then milkshakes. <laughs> like it's like let's let's work with that sushi and sashimi. You could go somewhere with that. You could get some good stuff out of that. But you just like. You didn't go with it. It's you like, know what I really want to know <laughs> is the true dirt is how many people don't eat the champion's dinner and order off the menu. Oh, oh shit. Well, and you know uh, what I mean, what, what I uh, read about was that if you're a previous winner, you're allowed to order whatever you want from the kitchen. But if you're just, you're just there, you have to eat from the champion's menu. Nice. And the other factor of it is, is that, Whoever is selecting the dinner has to pay for the dinner. Right. So when you look at some of these menus, <laughs> you got to think, you're like, whoa, are you just trying to keep the bill down? Because like Tiger, <laughs> I think Tiger sent out a tweet today. He said one of his regrets of not being there tonight was that he couldn't run up the bill on DJ. Because <laughs> <So. laughs> we're just talking about food. Imagine how much drinks are going down oh, and everything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, and for sure. Bottomless. Bottomless. Well, Tiger was just trying to jack people up. Like he eats sushi and then follow that up with a milkshake. He was like, "Hey, I'm ready for y'all the next uh, in two days. Let's see how you feeling." You know, Here's see how many people are lactose. Yeah, here's the number to my doctor. Get some, get some for that uh that heartburn. But I, I mean, I do like a VJ Singh in 2001 had a good one. You know, he did the curry and and you know the rack of lamb and and That's all those and sea bass. He he was doing it right. You have any oxtail on there? Uh, no oxtail. <laughs> That's for your menu. That's right. <laughs> Some curry. Yeah. Should implement that on the tour, like <clears throat> the winner of the tour. You know, gets to select a place to go and eat and celebrate. Mm. So that means y'all are eating a bunch of chicken fingers and tater tots. Because <laughs> oh That's what we're doing. <laughs> hey, it's your dinner. No lies. Brian wins a lot. Uh, well, MD is the champ, but Brian is his is making this move. You see, <laughs> why are you rubbing your head like that, Mike? <laughs> no, Brian had a strong season last year. He did. Admit it. <laughs> he did. Well, he finished you, strong. MD said he'd be winning all the time, but I wanted to make sure he was telling the truth. I, I trust you, MD, but uh, you know Brian's here now, so. Hey man, I'm I'm telling the truth that these guys let me win. I'm I'm not taking anything from them. They're just they're just giving it to me. That's weird. Huh. Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. Okay. 
Well, we'll we'll get to that that tournament. Um, moving on to the other Masters, let's let's talk course. Um, Augusta National Golf Club. Uh, Bobby Jones, Cliff Roberts was the founders. Um, founded in 1933. The first major of that year was uh, 1972, um, and then 83 became a major. So. I tasked everyone to go through and kind of look through hole one through 18 and uh, kind of make some notes, make some ideas about these holes because um, it's a historic course. And, you know, we ask in our back nine, what is a course you want to play? And a good portion of folks said they wanted to play Augusta. So we'll go through this course uh, layout, give our ideas hole by hole. And then at the end, we'll wrap it up and, and maybe predict, like, if you were playing Augusta for a round, what would you shoot um, just a roundabout? So, yeah, and that's going to, and don't be, don't, you know, let's be real about it. I'll be making no shit up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's start with hole number one. It's a par four, it's 445 yards. It's called T Olive. Um, it's an evergreen shrub or small tree belonging to the Olive family. Um, and so, um, this one to me, when I looked at it, is a super wide fairway. Um, there's some bunkers in play, uh, it's uphill and downhill play just to start off with. So, uh, give me your thoughts on hole one. I think this is probably one of the most basic holes or at least, you know, the basic, um, looking holes on this course. When you look at all the other ones, there's the, but there's a lot of challenges ahead. So I think this is kind of will lull you into a false sense of security if you do well on the first one. But uh, fellas, let's, let's go ahead and see what you guys think about it. Yeah. So to me, this one is, you know, I, I kind of looked at this course, you know, thinking that you were going to have, you know, questions about how we would do or how we'd approach it or whatever. And so number one seems pretty straightforward. Um, if you can clear, you know, the bunker that's on the right, because then you can get an approach to the green. But that bunker on the right, if you can't clear it, you've got to be in the left of the fairway. And so now you've got to play over a bunker to get to that green. And so, you know, there's a little bit of challenge there. Um, and, you know, I look at it from from RTs, and every hole on this course is, is problematic. But, uh, yeah, number one to me is not as straightforward as it seems, but – probably one of the easier ones on the, on the course. Well, and the thing that was interesting about one is it's straightforward, but then the green has that false front. And so if you don't get past that false front, that ball is going to roll back to you. And so that is an issue. So players have to make a decision um, on where they're going to get to on that hole. And I believe the whole average on there is par. Um, so, We'll see how they open it up. Um, let's move to hole two. It's a par five. It's 575 yards. It's called the pink dogwood. Um, this tree is a mutation that is propagated by grafting onto a white dogwood seedling. It's a uh, very beautiful. Um, <laughs> um, big hitters should be able to get this hole in um, maybe a couple of shots um, just depends. Um, there's some bunkers out there. Um, the average hole play on this is birdie. So you can be a little bit aggressive. 
Um, there's some uphill putting. So, um, Dan, what do you think about this hole? I mean, this is going to kind of set the pace for the, I think, for the course because it looks like they're wide, the fairways, but they're pretty narrow relative to your, you know, amateur regular courses. I mean, you have to be accurate and then not only be accurate because this course is about angles and your approaches because you got to put yourself in a good spot on the green because the greens are just straight up nasty at Augusta. So if you can't get yourself in a good position, try to sit below the hole. I mean, there's so much undulation. I mean, you got to putt. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a complete course where you have to, you know, have all your aspects of the game solid. And I think one thing that they saw DJ get that minus 20 last year, I do not think that that's going to happen this year. They are not going to let that happen again. So it'll be real. Um, the test will be if you can putt. If you can't putt, you're, you're, uh, you're shit out of luck. You ain't lying about that. See pipes. Yeah, I think this is going to be a hole to see if if Bryson brought his game or not, you know, because these are going to be long par fives and and that's where he's just going to try and attack and go after. So if if uh, we get good Bryson, it could be a, it could be a fun time watching these holes. If you get bad Bryson, it could be you know hitting a wedge out of the pine straw, and who knows what could happen, right? Hey, can I ask a question on that? I just want to ask the the fellows a question. So do you? So the PGA, do you think they test for roids on a regular basis? I'm just want to throw that out there. I already know they don't. <laughs> they they don't, and I don't care. But yeah. that's just me. Like I agreed. All right. I, I just don't care. Like it's it. I, I get I I get the concern in baseball. I get the concern in football. I mean these these guys just bang the ball. And, and if it's one or two guys, if it's one or two guys like Bryson who gets a win every 10 times he plays, I'm not really concerned about it. Cause it's just, it's just really hard to win golf tournaments you think with, it's one style, fair. with one style. Is it fair that they have that he kind of has that placed on him? No, I don't, I don't for the I fact think. that I don't get it in baseball or football, the whole steroids thing, but golf, if you, if he was winning all the time, I think people would be upset. Exactly. But he, it's, but advantage does the advantage he has is hitting the ball long, but he struggles with chipping and putting. That's just it. It's not a long drive competition. You got to have your short game and irons and everything else. Yeah, you know, the good players have, you know, they hit the scoring clubs. The putters typically solid. Yeah. So try for show, putt for dough. Yep. yep. Speaking yep. of that, you're looking at hole three to par four. It's 350 yards. Um, it's called the Flowering Peach. Beautiful white, pink, red colors all around the hole. Um, so a player could really go after this. It's 350 yards. So what do you think Bryson's going to do on here? Do the long ballers have a chance here? C-pipes. This is – well, yes, yeah, so the long ballers do have a chance here, but this is this will trick you because I think the elevation here is, is, in, is intense in person, right? So – um, I think a lot of times those bunkers are probably going to be in play here. So this could be uh, this could be a hole where you see a lot of good golfers make bad shots. I'll put it that way. Yep, totally agree. Um, I think you can't miss like you if you you're precise into the green, you're going to pick up a birdie. Um, but the average is par on this one, so not not a lot going on. Um, when we yeah, move I think, on, I, I think it's because that green is so small. Sure. Yep. You're right about that. 
Um, hole four is a par three. It's 240 yards. It's called a flowering crab apple. Um, these trees bloom late in March and early April with uh, light pink to deep rose flowers in the fall. Flowered with tiny apples. Very nice. Um, so this hole has an elevated tee shot and there are bunkers guarding the green. Um, and these bunkers are huge and lots of uh, undulation on the green. Um, and this was a hole that was lengthened um, not too long ago. Um, and the green is tilting and everything. So the whole average on this one is par. Um, Mathis, what's your thoughts on this hole? But kind of a side note, I didn't realize the elevation changes of this course until I sat down and really looked at it. And that was really surprising. So, you know, the elevation on this one started with the elevated T, you know, I don't know about you guys. When I'm on an elevated tee, I feel like I can hit the ball a mile. So it, it's already messing with you. Um, and then those giant bunkers, it, it just looks dirty. You know, I'm just thinking in my head about pin placements each day. And, you know, I can see this, you know, day one kind of easy in between the bunkers and then just kind of gradually moving to the right. And then by the end of the day, just tucked behind one of those or Sunday tucked behind the big bunker and just, you know, they're like giving you that false sense of like, oh, you got this. And then they're going to they're going to really put the pin in a, in a nasty place on Sunday. So, yeah, I think this is where the tournament gets hard. I agree. A lot of bunkers and a lot of. You know, a, a lot of false sense of, hey, I'm going to be OK. You know, I, this might look this way, but if you don't hit that shot right, you are in trouble. So I think that's that's where Augusta gets you. Indeed. Uh, hole five is a par four, four ninety five. It's called the magnolia. The magnolia is one of the most prominent native trees at Augusta National. So, just a little tidbit for you. Um, this fairway is wide, and it looked huge, actually, like super big. Um, you have to watch the bunkers on the left, and to carry those bunkers, I think it was like three fifteen, three twenty. So, big hitters like like Bryson are going to get it going. C-pipes. No, I was just saying I'm a big hitter. Uh, so, yeah, I'd probably get, <laughs> get to the fairway. I don't have anything to add to the hole, though. Uh, okay. Thank you very much for that. Um, oh, oh boy. <laughs> anybody want to speak on that? Anybody got to take on that? Nope. Okay, we'll move it on. Nope. Crickets, nothing on that one. <laughs> let a man be a man. <laughs> Um, there's some work to do on this hole. Um, and actually there is a little bump in the front of this green, um, that can reject your ball in any direction. And the average score on this one is par also. So, uh, hole six is a par three It's 180 yards. It's called the juniper, um, commonly called the red cedar. Um, very, very aromatic wood. Um, makes it popular for storage chests and other furnitures. So in case you want furniture, you want to get a juniper. Um, this hole is a downhill shot to a large green. Um, and you just got to play this hole smart. So um, if the pin is, uh, they have a right shelf here, um, you, you can decide if you want to attack it or not. So um, I don't know your guys' thoughts on part threes. I hate them. Because 
um, I can never score well on that. So, well, you made this whole sound so good. I don't know whether to watch golf or if I'm going to order some furniture off this. Part three is supposed to be a makeup holes because they're supposed to be easier. But uh, when I look at this hole and I look at the first couple of holes they have to go through, no matter how you're struggling, you want to do good on this hole because that's going to set up the next couple of holes for you. And this is one of those holes that can do it because if you hit a draw or fade, depending on the pin placement, you should be okay. And I, me watching the tournament and watching this hole, I think it's one of the easier holes on the course, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, typically with the easy holes, you just want to make sure you make par right. And, and right. not, and not do something dumb here. So to your point, yeah, just make sure you get, get in and out and get to the next hole. Yep. Good call. Hole seven, par four, 450 yards, the pompous, the hole named for its distinctive pompous grass. So, um, they're saying that, uh, you know, you need to have a good drive on this hole. Um, there are a ton of trees from what I, I can see on this hole. Um, so players are going to have to be careful. And then uh, bunkers also protect this green also. So um, what's going to happen here? Like if, if people get into trees, what happens? I know if I get in trees, a hey, trouble, trouble. So I'm, just, I'm bringing this. I have a saw in my golf bag that I'll be just cutting them <laughs> all them shit down. Nice. You know, things with, uh, sorry, but uh, the uh, trees at Augusta though, they're all really grown. So you're, you're dealing with like little trunks. You're not dealing with like some of these younger courses where all the limbs are down low on you and they're like spread 20 feet wide. Everything in Augusta is, you know, tall. So it's, it's not the same danger being in the pine straw at Augusta as it is, you know, some of these other tree courses. I, I have to agree with that. And I, I know for San Diego and California, we have tree lines here in our golf courses, but it's all grass around the trees. Augusta doesn't play that. And I know when I played in Virginia, visiting my grandparents, it's not easy because it's not like it's, when you look at it, it seems like it's open. It's not really open because you're hitting off a, pine straw and all this other crazy stuff and not just grass and you just happen to be in the rough, which I know it makes it a lot harder out here. Slippage, feet, everything. Well, and you know, one thing I told too, like if you get into the trees, there's five bunkers surrounding the green. So you might have to have a shot where you're just hoping you're, you're near the green, but you can't do that here. There's five bunkers surrounding it. Right. So you get in those trees you're just obviously compounding your problems, you know, by being in the trees, but then having those bunkers literally surrounding the green. I mean, I don't know if par is even possible if you get in the trees. So, and you're, you're closer to sea level. I mean, you know, you're not at elevation, you're not in a dry environment either. So I think, you know, that uh, the ball carries different there. Um, and, you know, I think that has a lot to do with if you, if you're accurate and you can get, you can drive and your approach shots is accurate. I think you'll be all right. If you, if you have any issues with control, man, you are, you better have a, you better have a, what was that? What was that, uh, that, uh, club you used, Dan, to get out of trouble? Oh, which one are you talking about? The five wood? Yeah. The baffler? Yeah. Chuck you, knows about that. Eat. Eric knows about that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Going, some cats might need those this weekend. <laughs> well, yeah. That's kind of an interesting one. I was, I was just kind of looking at this hole in the sense that, you go a few holes before where you're, you don't really need to use your driver. So this one becomes a little bit deceptive because you come back in 
and have to pick back up the driver again, or you can pick back up the driver again and have to try to control it. So, you know, whereas you may go like a driver, one hole, two holes, back to back, maybe even three holes back to back, and you get a little bit of an opportunity to dial it in. But this one, you're coming off of a three, the one before that you don't really need a driver to, to, to go after a hole with. So this one kind of tests you in terms of does your muscle memory pick back up the club? Nice. That's a good point. Let's move on to hole eight. It's a par five, 570 yards, the yellow jasmine, uh, trumpet shaped flowers, be called trumpet. Uh, they bloom yellow from the first warmth in February through late March. Um, and this is a hole that is super narrow and you will need to be accurate and it's uphill. And the second shot is usually blind on this one. So you can pick up the par fives are where you can pick up a stroke and players usually do. Um, and so the score average on this hole is birdie. Um, so thoughts on this hole with the narrowness and everything and trying to get there. Big hitters could get there if they're accurate. Right away, my mind went to Bryson. Like, is he going to put it in the trees or is he going to, you know, roll it up in front of the green? So that's where I went. I, I, I got like $5 says he puts it into the trees. I have to agree with that because, Mr., I, this is a par 65 for me, <laughs> and he shot a 74. I don't think he's really appreciating the shots when it comes to Augusta because it's, it's technical and you have to be able to shape the ball you want to shape it. He just hits it hard. <laughs> Or that bunker, I think he's gonna he gonna he might have a lot of problems hitting into some of the bunkers too. Agreed. Um, hole nine is a par four, four hundred sixty yards. It's a Carolina cherry. Um, this plant bears prolific clusters of small white flowers in April. Um, this hole is all about the slope. So uh, the green slopes from back to front and. Uh, a lot of times when the players tee off, they're going to have shots below their feet uh, when they're hitting to the green. So um, usually the longer the drive, the better is um, better, better shots you're going to have. So uh, the score average on this one is par. So, um, you know, MD, give us your, your thoughts on this hole. No. B. Coles. Speechless. B. Coles. Give us your thoughts. I mean, we're, we're looking at several back-to-back-to-back holes with really, really tight fairways. This one opens up right at the end of that shoot, so if you can get it through all of that, I feel like you got a pretty good, uh, pretty good look going in at the green, uh, even though it's a pretty thin, thin slice there. Should be fun to watch. Mike D, back to you. Yeah, so this one, I mean, whenever you're trying to hit below your feet or you're hitting on a down slope, that's uh, that's too much for, for us amateurs or it's a challenge for us amateurs. And then that sloping green, you know, with as fast as they are, you definitely got to set yourself up below it. Um, yeah, or else you, you definitely got bogey in play. Yep, agreed. I have to tell you guys, with there not being very many houses on the course, if any, I would kill it on this hole. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Chocolate Twilight dropping All the right. boom on us. Yes, indeed. 
Hole 10 is a par 4, 495 yards. The Camellia, classic flower, evergreen shrub, belonging to the tea family and is a native to China and Japan. Um, this hole is a long par 4 because it's 495 and is downhill. Um, and this one has a super long bunker on this hole also. Um, so slope and elevation will definitely challenge all the players on this hole. Uh, the scoring average is par on this one. So, uh, C-Pipes, your thoughts on this hole? You know, I think this is another one where you can kind of – this is one you just don't want to get in trouble. This is a par hole only because you got a really tough stretch of holes coming up with 12, 13, and 14. So you don't want to go into any of those holes down on a hole that you can make par. Certainly there's some opportunities to come up, but, I mean – you know, spoiler alert, 11, 12, and 13 get really fun. So it, it just, just play it safe here. Agreed. Yeah. You want to be in it. You have to. So speaking of that stretch, we're coming up on a man corner. Um, and so hole 11 is a par four. It's 505 yards named the white dogwood. Uh, most popular flowering trees native to the Eastern United States. Um, so this hole is long and super tight and there's a lot of things out there that can, can hurt you. Um, some balls can actually find the pond here, uh, depending on what you're doing and the average score here is par. So, um, let's get everyone's thoughts on, you know, the beginning of a man corner, um, and then going into 11 and, and, and seeing what we think. So. This is where it separates the, you know, the contenders from those who are pretending that they're going to be there all weekend. So, you know, I, um, in, in that perspective, you know, I just think that if you're not, if you're not built, if you're not ready for this, if you're not ready for the pressure of these next couple of holes, you have no chance. Um, but, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of golfers get here and then fail right here. So, fellas, what y'all think? Oh, is this the first hole where there's actually water introduced? Yep, it's just left of the green. Yep. Yeah, right. So, you know, the the just the name Amen Corner, you're as a golfer, you're like, okay, I'm playing pretty well or whatever. You get to that, you're like, okay, so just the nostalgia and the name associated with this. And now there's water, right? So the the, the game just changes both the course and your mental like capacity and what you can handle that pressure of just knowing you're going into a man corner. This is a tough one too, because you're kind of blind going in, right? You can't actually see the whole well from the tee box. Correct. Yep. Now, you know, the water is over there on the left, but it's less about where the water is and more about how you place it for your second shot. So if you've got a, if you've got a tee shot or if you've got a hole location that's up against the pond, that's what really makes it ugly because it all kind of slopes down into the water when you get to the hole. And and I have to agree with that because I, if you look at this whole course as a whole and then you get to A-Man Corner, there's really no flat spots at Augusta. Everything shifts either left or right or you're on a hill or in a valley. And it's target golf. And if you can't shape your ball to your sight line where you think it should land, where you'd be okay, you get to 11, you, you might be in that water because you, your shape shot was not what you thought it was going to be. 
<laughs> so it's just crazy. And that's the best thing about Augusta because it is so, when you look above, it looks so flat and beautiful and just trees. You get on them fairways and greens that are on a hill, the ball's anywhere. Yeah, that's that's why I said it's a it's it's a course about ball position in in angles because you just need to get yourself in the right spot to set yourself up and know you know take your medicine when you need to take your medicine. Don't try to be too aggressive, especially in this stretch of three holes coming up. You know, and and this is kind of the edge of of the course too, and it can be very windy too. You know what I mean? Because you get all those big trees and you're kind of protected on the interior holes, but you got the edge where it's kind of open on this whole corner. The wind could play a factor. I think too, when if it if it if there's any rain over any of these nights before they play, I think that changes that changes the golf. It changes the greens too. So even if you can even if you can get on the green, I think you you're gonna have to be really accurate because if those greens are fast, there you go. You're instead of you're you're chipping instead of putting, and they're usually fast. They they roll them quick. Yep. And that's why it's called Amen Corbin because you're praying. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, Reg, that's actually a good point about the weather situation. I think weather might be more of an issue on 10 only because it's kind of all sloping. But on this one, just again, depending upon where you land, what it's going to end up being your second shot, like that second landing area also, again, all before you get to the green, all runs down to the pond. So no matter where you landed in that space, you're headed to the water. Rain actually might help you in that world because it's going to slow the ball down. But but certainly trying to get the ball up into the air on that second shot may be a little bit more difficult because you got some water behind you. Especially for most pro golfers because they usually hit a draw. Right. Yeah. You're going right to left, and that water's on the left. Right. So, so if you can really shape it, point. yeah, if you it's can shape it, control it. I hit a slice. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a lefty, right? <laughs> yeah, if you're a lefty, you like this hole. My bad, Dad. So the next hole, par three, hole 12, 155 yards, the Golden Bell. Um, this shrub is native to the Far East and belonging to the Olive family. Um, so that's cool. Uh, this is one of the most famous golf holes out there, and it's the shortest par three on Augusta. Um, the green is small and the wind, if the wind is up, this is going to be an issue on this hole. So um, I would say just basically get on the green and get what you can get here. Um, thoughts on this hole where the wind could play and you have this short par three. Will people actually um, take some risk here to to get a little extra? This This is a sucker. This is a sucker hole. Because every par three is long when you come to the PGA Tour. Then you come here, it's like 150, 160. You're like, okay, a good wedge. You get suckered. Next thing you know, your ball is walling in that water. Even if you hit the green and you got spin, that back roll, gone. It's kind of like the par three at TPC Sawgrass, right? It's not very long, but you got to have a nice control of your ball, put it in the right spot because that thing's going to move. This hole was where Tiger won the Masters the last time he played, right? Because, I mean... I just looked that up. Yeah, so Molinari, Kepka, Finau, all those guys just crumbled, crumbled in front of him, and he just comes up and sticks it. So this is not just, yeah, short hole, let me, let, let me get on. This, this hole breaks fools. But yeah. that's the hole that I had said it was 16, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. you know, Dan had said it was 12. The next time he played there, 
you know, it crushed him one day, but you know, yeah, yeah. Right. So I gotta tell you guys, I've actually played this hole. Um, I have not played it at Augusta. I played it at a renditions course. Uh, I want to say in DC and like, just looking at one of the pictures leading up there, there's like that nice little ridge leading, like it's just above the water leading up to the hole. Yeah. I put like two balls stuck right into the side of that thing. (laughs) But I think, I think that's part of this whole thing, right? So when you, the course design, when you look at it, it looks like it's approachable. It looks like you can get there, but I think that's part of the mental game that, that that really messes with you. Can you get it there? What happens with Bryson, right? So this guy is a powerhouse, right? So at 155, he's got to choose his club correctly here. Uh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Butter. Yeah. He's got just a hard putt. From the- <laughs> I mean, de- depending on the wind, I mean, they're – it says in the description of the hole, right? Their their club selection between a nine iron or a six iron, mm-hmm. and these guys have distance, right? And control. And if if they're varying that much, it's not an easy hole. He's well, using a sixty degree sixty degree wedge for him, and hope he goes off the back. Well, see, that's another good point about it is because it's because the hole runs long, it's horizontal to where you're hitting from, and it's a windy hole. You've got to put it in the air and drop it, and hope you get a little bit of backspin. And again. It's not that fat, right? So you can't put so much in that you pull yourself back to the water because you're sloping off. But yeah, it was it's ugly. Yeah, you got to take the spin off and slide it just a little bit, and but don't balloon up in the wind. I mean, there's so many factors. I have a question: What club would y'all use on this hole, and what would your play be? Driver. What's what's the yardage? Let's just get to an <laughs> agreement. What starting yardage is? One fifty. Oh, seven. Easy I'd eight. I hit a seven. I'll take an eight to that. Oh, I'm sorry, not seven, eight. Uh, one fifty-five. It's one fifty-five. So that's to the center. You playing for money? Always, Mike. That's a six iron. Take it all the way to the back. Let you fools hit it in the wind and hit it short. <laughs> I'm with Mike on that one. I'm I'm going for the backside and the. On the rough or the bunker? I'm just trying to get on. Actually, I'm happy to be on, period. Period. I don't think it's a bad idea, quite honestly, for an amateur to lay up and then get your pitching wedge or something and just kind of have the the chip over the water. That's what I thought MD was going to (laughs) say. No, (laughs) that feels like a good idea. (laughs) That is not the approach. I've seen you guys at Highland Hills trying to get over that slim creek on 17 and 18. You guys aren't. You don't want to lay up before that creek. You'll Never just go right in it. Three because of water. Because you're gonna you're gonna duff your shot into the water. Because you thought about the water before you even teed off. That's the because water. of tequila, not because of anything else. Hey, don't <laughs> let the water win. Don't let the water win. <laughs> so then we go to a par five that's 510 yards. The azalea. This hole bears the name of the plant for which Augusta National is most noted for. Very beautiful. There's like usually around 1,600 azaleas all around this hole. Very nice. Don't forget, it's, don't forget it's the drink of the podcast as well. Yes, indeed. Very tasty. Um, it's also the name of a controversial female rapper, Azalea Banks. That is true, too. 
Hey, Mr. DJ. I just want to point out that number four <laughs> is a par four, 505. And this is a par five, 513. So literally for a handful more yards, yeah. we're giving you a whole nother stroke. But it's all because of the trees and the layout. It's the, it's the elevation. It's the elevation. Elevation. Yeah, because some of those long par fours are downhill. And the change of the, the trees and the shaping of the holes, it just makes it a whole lot different. Yeah, when you look at the aerial of this one, I mean, I never realized it. I just had the picture in my mind of watching it on TV. But when you look at the aerial, it's almost a 90-degree dog leg left. Yeah. It is so intense. Well, the long, good, the long ballers – oh, sorry, Reg. The long ballers can actually get there, right? So if you, if you get a, a – really get a hold of this one a lot of players are thinking eagle on this on this hole yeah the rub is you can't hit it too far without a draw because if you hit it too long and too straight you're in the you're in the you're in the bush true what doesn't water run along the left side so if you're getting on the left side but you run out you run out of fairway if you hit it straight so that's what i'm saying if you're trying to to sling that's why a lot of guys play a a a three wood here with Mm -hmm. a draw on it right Yep. Tell me what a draw is because I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is, you know, if you haven't checked out the aerial flyovers on the masters.com site, go do that. Go check that out because you really right. get a good view of each one of the holes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. The average score on this hole is actually birdie. So um, players actually really go after it on this one. And then they go to 14, which is a par four, 440 yards called the Chinese fur. Um, you know, this is just a beautiful um, oriental cone of a flower here. So I like that. Um, there's no bunkers on this hole. So this is wide open. They can just go straight to it. Right. And so really the putting surface is probably the challenge here. Um, and a lot of the big drivers, like the big boomers in this tourney are going to, going to, going to try to bang it. Um, thinking this Bryson word for getting through, you know, 11, 12 and 13. That's right. This is your breather. Yeah. And collect yourself for, again, the elevation. This is way uphill. I want to go back to Eric and saying Oriental cone. What, what, what is that? Uh, it's just a, uh, it's an oriental cone is what I yeah, read about this. Said. Very, Calling very beautiful. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that anymore in life? That was the... But he made it sound so sexy. That's what got me. That's like, what well, it said. I just am reading. Oriental cones. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, we, Green catkins is very beautiful. So Very beautiful hole. But this is this is supposed to be your gimme hole. It's supposed to be. But well, like one in like one in you know, one in seventeen are similar. Yeah. Well, and then you turn around and then you go to to hole fifteen. It's a par five, five hundred and thirty yards called the Firethorn, um, and this actually belongs to the Rose family, and it's in April is covered with numerous small creamy white flowers. Which turns into berries. Firethorn, a little more sexy. Firethorn, or or creamy, (laughs) creamy white flowers. And we a we a bunch of grown ass men on this podcast. (laughs) Sorry, you could just say creamy in regular voice. Creamy. (laughs) 
Brian, you were quiet. Talk to us about the fire thorns and the creaminess. And the undulation. <laughs> That's exactly why I'm quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a par five that's actually reachable when the wind is there because uh, it can kind of help you. Um, but a lot of the second shots are over the pond and downhill. So um, this could be interesting, but the average score on this hole is birdie. So will there be a lot of birdies here? It seems like people are going to try to pick up some scoring back after a man corner to kind of lick the wounds a little bit. This is a hard birdie. This is tough. Because if you're going for it, you have a long shot in. Sorry, Chuck. But you had a long shot in with water in the front. And if you're long, it's water, you know, deep behind it. But still, it makes you think about that approach. No question. It's going to be a lot of drop balls here. Yeah, I mean, this depends on the tee shot. If you get a good tee shot, you can go after it. If you don't, you got to play it safe because what you cannot do is hit it in the water. So this dip- so you may have to lay up after a drive. If you can go after it after your, your, first, your first shot, fine, but – that rolls back into the water. Remember Tiger lost a tournament on this hole. It, I mean, I've seen him hit the pin on this and it bounced back into the water. Yep. Yeah. And then he took a drop and they, it was a controversial drop. Right. Yeah. But so it said, this, you know, drop it as near as the point or where you thought you were. And people were questioning if he actually did that. Yeah. Well, well as long the- as it's not Patrick Reed, then I'm cool. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, shots, fired, bang, bang. shots fired out the blue. Uh, hole 16 calls up, boy. <laughs> hole 16 is part 3 170 yards it's the uh, red bud commonly called the Judas tree and it produces flowers that are orchid pink rather than red um, and this hole is over water so um, you know a lot of players are saying what water but there's a ton of it um, and then there's bunkers protecting the green so for me I'm just, if that was me, I'm just trying to get on, you know. So, uh, thoughts on this? I think this hole is okay, depending on the pin placement. But if on the, if it's on the left corner, yeah, I, I don't know how you get close to the pin. Because so that's the Sunday pin placement, is that left corner. Yeah. And, and, and what they do is they play the slope, right? Because there's a big slope that comes up the top of that. And so, if you can hit that at the right spot, that's how you get close. Otherwise, it can get to hard par. <laughs> you just hope for par on this. Then you go to hole 17, which is a par four, is 440 yards. The Nandina, heavenly bamboo. It's an oriental shrub. It's uh, white blossoms bloom in May and spectacular red berries from fall to winter. Um, a lot of color here. So this hole is uh, uphill par four. Um, and so. I think any shot on this hole is going to be difficult um, and tough because it's uphill. Um, and the second shot will be the key here. And the average score on this one is par for sure. So they, they gave you a couple holes and now they bring you to 17 to see, see what you're really about to finish you up and, and then bring you to 18. So um, Dan, what's your thoughts on, on 17? I mean, Again, I think as long as you get yourself a good spot off your tee shot, then, of course, you know, you're, wherever you land on the green, just because undulation, I can't say it enough. These greens, you got to get yourself in position. 
Yeah, this, I mean, you know, the way that this hole was described, again, I just want to go out and buy more bamboo. So, you know, get it, <laughs> get it into my home so I can feel closer to this, to, you know, the master's tournament. No, I'm just playing. But I agree with everything that's been said, man. You, you, this is, this is where, this is where you're going to make your money. You've had a hard, like you've had some hard holes that they've given you a lot of challenges. I think this is one that you might be able to, I don't think you can relax, but I think you could take a breath here. Um, and you got to finish out, you got to finish out strong on 18. Yeah, and 18 is a par 4, 465 called the Holly. The American Holly is a medium-sized native evergreen tree. Um, and the tree bears flowers. It's very beautiful and berries. Um, so this is a famous finishing hole. Um, it's an uphill hole. has uh, two bunkers tucked left and on the side of the fairway. Uh, narrow trees when you drive. And it makes the long ballers think because a lot of people club down on this hole. So C-Pipes brought up that few holes back, like people will club down to a three wood. You're probably going to see a lot of three woods on this hole um, so that people can get a decent shot. And the average score on this one is par. So Chaco Twilight, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, At this point in the course, I'm just trying to get into the clubhouse. Uh, Hopefully (laughs) I've won the tournament already. (laughs) For the most part. Day one. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but I mean, that's just it, right? It's a narrow course. It's uphill, or it's a narrow uh, hole. It's uphill. I, I don't know. Just watching golf, I don't know that I look at it and say, "Oh my god, this is a tough one." I mean, you you kind of go through hell to get to this. I truly believe that the the architects were like, "You you've done your work. If you did a good job, this isn't going to trip you up, right? This is just a place where you can finish the game." I, 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 I have to go the opposite on that one. Yeah, me too. That's fair. 17 and 18. When you're at that tee box and it's trees on both sides. So they said, okay, you had a hard day, but we're going to make sure you don't forget how your day was because now you're going through a bottleneck. You want a bottleneck now and you make sure, I mean, for us amateurs, if you see trees on the left and right, and we all either hit a slice or draw or, However you want to play your card, a hard fade like I do, you think like, okay, where's my starting line going to be? Because all I see is trees. Then an opening, 175, 200 yards out. It, it just, it, to me, it's just difficult for your vision. I feel yeah. angle and adjust. It's incredible. That fairway is really narrow. If you've got a fade like DJ, it'll probably it'll probably work out for you if you can hit it. If you can if you can hit your fade that day. But even if you can make it past that, A, the bunkers are in play to the left. Um, if you're too far right, you don't have an angle for an approach shot. So it's it's a it's a tough par. And coming in on Sunday, if you need a par to win or you need a birdie to win, it could be an extremely tough hole to get the to get the score you need to to win the tournament. Yep. Yeah, I definitely sure. agree. Well, fellas, um, appreciate the break, the breakdown of this uh of you know the Augusta National Course. Um, and appreciate all the thoughts. And we're going to get into a topic that is uh, very near and dear to all of us, but we're going to talk about the masters in diversity. Um, and before we kind of get into the topic of today, I just want to pose this question for you to get us started, but I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think the name, the masters, I have a problem with that. I think it, at some point, you know, I'm not trying to say it started, you know, kind of revolution. And I'm sure this is not the first time it's been discussed, but 
I think that when you think about the South, you think about the history of this country and, you know, you think about the history of this tournament. I think at some point, I understand tradition, but is it time to change the name? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you think about what's going on in Georgia right now with the, the change in the voting laws and MLB pulling the all-star game. I mean, this is a, this is long overdue. I mean, it just, you don't even have to, um, you don't have to think about it as an adult. I remember as a kid, I used to think that the name of that tournament was weird. I didn't know why when I was younger, but now, I mean, obviously as an adult, it's, it's just, it's, it's that obvious that yes, it is absolutely time. And I think the name that they tried to kind of defend it was that it was supposed to be for the best who can master golf and really challenge them. But it was in my mind, it was like a, a slight kind of cover up, if you will. And the reason I said that I was reading the article that you guys sent us plus a few others and, you know, they talk about Lee Elder was the first to play, right, in 75, I believe it was. But he wasn't the first to qualify. It was actually Charlie, uh, what is it, Sifford? Yep. And he yes. said he didn't want to play because even though he met the qualifications, he didn't want to. So he refused it. And one of the points that I, the, I guess Clifford Roberts allegedly declared back in when I quote, all golfers will be white and all caddies will be black. Mm-hmm. That's tough. But that's what they wanted. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, there's yeah, a I shake my head at that. There's a lot of negative connotation, you know, that, that comes out of this. Um, yep. And, and, you know, you guys are speaking to it. Any, anybody else want to um, share some thoughts before we get into the article? I think when I heard it, the first off, I had never thought of it in my life, right? Like I thought of it when they said the masters, I was like, oh yeah, this is supposed to be about golf's greats. I, I didn't really look at it as the massa slave kind of a thing until it kind of came up on this podcast, but I, I went immediately to ask myself this question. If it was in California or if it was in New York or if it was in any other state or any other country, would we be having the same, the same feelings about the course, especially cons- and, and I only say that because Georgia has a history of slavery. Um, wasn't it, a ca- wasn't it the capital of the, uh, of the Confederacy? If I'm not mistaken. So one point. Yeah, I think point. so. That's the only reason I get that draw, but quite honestly, the name doesn't bother me. It's I think just, Vishnu, to your point about you know what state it's in, if it was in a different state, quote another northern state, western state, I think the time or the change would have been sooner in a northern state, in my opinion. I have to agree, and I I thought hard and long on this too because when I was little, I thought the Masters when I golf and all that, and when it comes to the state thing, you have to think of where it's at. And my father was raised in Virginia. All their courses on plantations, slave plantations. This course is on a slave plantation. So you couldn't say in California would it be the same because there was no plantations in California. New York, no plantations. Be a different name probably. That, but you built a course on a plantation and you still have slave pictures up of plantations. And they just took the pictures down 40, 50 years ago of slavery and back then. I mean, we're talking about now when someone signs a bill on voter suppression under a picture on a plantation, that's this course. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think you can forget history. I, I don't think you can never, and I don't want to, I don't even want to say, you know, there's no need for us to erase, but I think we have to embrace the, 
what happened to get to move forward, you know? Um, and I think that there's a lot of healing that has to be done, especially in the South. Well, um, I just thought it was interesting, right? So all these things that have been going on, all this history, right? So you have, say, from 1975 till now, right? So what took them so long to bring Lee Elder to the start of the Masters? Um, is it because of the where we're looking at the tone of racism and everything that's going on right now? Because there's a huge light shining on that. But why not last year? Why not the year before? Why not to, before to that? Give, and to give the listeners a little bit of context, we were talking about an article um, that, that touched upon Lee Elder, who is going to be honored this year at the Masters uh, from the PGA, which is basically, I mean, this is the biggest stage of golf, right? I think um, a lot of you guys will probably agree that this is overdue, um, that this is this was supposed to happen, or it should have happened previously. But um, just wanted to to get your thoughts on the on the article that that we shared. Um, you know, this kind of highlights the change that needs to continue. But you know, as you mentioned, you know, um, Lee Elder, you know, he didn't he didn't get in, you know, to play until the Masters until 1975, and then the first women memberships were not offered at the club until 2012. Not that long ago. Yeah, that's crazy, so, fellas. You know, tell us tell us what you think about that. Safe face. It's all about safe face. And when you look at TV now, social media, video cameras, and all the things that go on, this happened for years. And either back in the day when they had cameras, it wasn't a big deal because it was it was okay, socially acceptable to be racist. Now more people are not racist. When I look at the video of everybody on here, it's an eclectic group. It's an eclectic. For the name of the show... It's an eclectic group. So we all have that background where we see the wrongs and rights of America. So other people say, okay, in the South, well, this is the way we are. This is the way it's, it's always been. But not everybody's accepting that anymore. So they have to do this. To, to me, they had to do this to save face because it should have happened a long time ago. Because American history has to include Black, Indigenous, Mexican, Spanish history. That's American history. That's how we were built, but they're trying to save face right now. Well, that's, that's a great point. If, if NASCAR, in their in their move of solidarity, what was that last summer, can make a move, certainly Augusta needs to. And again, coming back to the name, the Masters, I don't know if that's going to change that for me. The name doesn't do it, but certainly, you know, with the Georgia law, I, I do think the PGA should be saying, "Hey, do we want to hold an event?" in the state of Georgia over, over what's going on in Georgia. We don't want to bring them revenue to support this. And then again, if you left it to Augusta to, to the point earlier, I don't think it's going to change anything. Like they were the last of the game with African-Americans. They were the last of the game with women. And their, their argument was tradition. Well, yeah, slavery was tradition for a long time too. So that's, that's a foolish argument in this particular space. Well, and I, I think in other sports, like, you you know, it's easier to move an all-star game. It's easier to move a home run derby, right? You can't go, you cannot move the Masters away from Augusta National. I just don't think you can do that. So I think, 
you know, in, in that perspective, I don't, I don't think you should move it. I think that the, the strides that they're trying to take, it's a start. Um, but I still feel like there's, there's some, there's some work that needs to be done. Thoughts MD and then Mathis. Yeah. So, I mean, so two things, I mean, one with the, uh, you know, the voter suppression and, and, you know, people asking, should the PGA do anything about it? Um, in terms of moving the tournament or whatever, it's really not the PGA's call because the PGA does not run the masters. Augusta national owns the masters, runs the masters. Uh, so there's really nothing that the PGA can do. Really what the PGA is faced with is the tour championship at Eastlake in Atlanta. That's where their focus and where the question should be directed is what they're going to do there. And I think they came out today and said, we're not going to change anything with that because basically the PGA is the heart of Eastlake. They've turned Eastlake around. It used to be just, you know, straight ghettos and they actually have poured something like $40 million into Eastlake in the last 15, 20 years or whatever. So for them to just like pack up and run, it wouldn't be a thing to do because they're, they're embedded. They, you know, they are Eastlake. But I'm interested to see what the commissioner of Augusta National says tomorrow, um, or the chairman, because uh, he's 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 going to be asked this question. He's going to weigh in on it, and I suspect he's pretty much just going to, you know, kind of punt on it, you know, and say that you know we're for everyone's voter rights or whatever. But there's probably no action really going to be taken. Um, and then you know, as far as Lee Elder goes, you know, I started reading up on him. Uh, for this pod. And, and I encourage anyone just to dig in and go through every rabbit hole from any story that starts with Lee Elder. Cause um, you know, you were mentioning that, you know, why did it take so long for them to honor him? Um, well, I mean, they tried to honor him last year, but with COVID and not having any fans, they didn't want to roll him out there and, you know, have it be a non-event. But um, I also think there's a, there's a portion of it where I don't know that Lee Elder wanted to be honored for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. Because, because um, you know, because he's, you know, he's going to be taking the ceremonial swing with, with Nicholas and, and uh, Gary player uh, on Thursday. Well, Gary player speaking about, Lee Elder and his impact of, of being the first black person to play at Augusta. He basically came out and said, Lee playing at Augusta is Mickey Mouse stuff. It was his quote based on what he actually did in South Africa for apartheid. And I encourage anybody to go read about what he actually did there. Um, you know, he was basically a, a, an ambassador um, that, I mean, the United States government was involved in sending him around Africa to become an ambassador so that he could go down and play in South Africa. And Gary Player actually pleaded with the prime minister who was just, you know, all apartheid. This is in the middle of apartheid. Um, and said, hey, you've got to let Lee Elder come down here and play in this event. And, I mean, one of the real messed up things about that was in order to do something like that for a celebrity or an athlete, 
they would give you status as, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, they called them honorary whites so that you could have the same rights as, you know, the whites in South Africa, which is just completely just jacked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a story that Lee Elder went down there. He played in this tournament and he remembers that. So he, he dictated that if he plays there, they had to allow black patrons there, which had never been done. And so they, they went ahead and did that for him. And he remembered that it started raining really hard and white folks with umbrellas started sharing with black folks that didn't have umbrellas and vice versa. And, you know, it just said, you know, it brought a tear to his eye and it was one of the best moments in his life. And so, you know, his impact, you know, and, and Gary player, you know, f- feels this way that him being the first black person to play at Augusta is, is not his legacy anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for them taking this song to honor him. Yeah. That's obviously messed up, but I, I don't know that, Lee Elder, that's the thing he's put on the pedestal of his lifetime anyhow. And you bring, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, I think that, that one of the goals, you know, in, in seeing him in this light and in this perspective is the fact that, like you said, I think a lot of people are going to go look him up and figure out who, who is this person if they don't know, and hopefully encourage a lot of people to go out there and do that. But um, I know Mathis and then B. Coles, do you guys have any thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, just going back to what's going on in uh, Georgia and what Augusta's role is in that, um, I, I, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what MD said, Augusta really doesn't have a whole lot of say in that, but the players do. And I know we're all here to talk about golf and or specifically the Masters, and we're so excited and we're just jazzed, but the players can not play in the tournament and that would make a huge statement. And, and of all of the players that I think needs to come out and say something, it's Tiger Woods, right? That's exactly what I was going to talk about. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, the, the, a black golfer came in and, and, and destroyed a rich white man's game. Right. And think about everything they wanted to do when Tiger came in, they wanted to change all these rules. They wanted to, change you know they want to tiger proof things right so i i personally i feel like i love that the all-star game that mlb took it out i'm a huge you know seam head love baseball i also love that it's coming to colorado um but for something like that to happen the players have to do have to do that now and it would suck because we would all miss some really good golf but I'm pretty sure that the cause is, is way bigger than us enjoying golf uh, for four days. But, you know, that's kind of my take on how I think players could really, really make an impact in this game of golf. And I, I do think it would be kind of poetic if it happened. It's not going to, if it happened when they're finally giving Lee Elder his due. That's an interesting point, Mathis. I, I agree 100% that the players are probably where it starts. I don't know if Tiger Woods is the right person. I mean, he should. He needs to. He probably won't because um, that's just not who he's been in his well, career. I don't think any of this is actually going to happen. This is, this is pie in the sky, what I, you know, the, the, the perfect situation through my perspective of, you know, really changing 
you know, being a, a transformative leader when you have that opportunity? No, I, I was listening to, I agree. And I was listening to a podcast not, not uh, too long ago um, or a Ted talk, I should say. And it was just talking about the plight of African-American women um, in the workforce in general. And just to kind of make it a short story, the long and short of it is they weren't getting ahead in business because, well, there were women that were getting hired. So they didn't be, get to check that particular box. And then there were African-Americans getting hired and they were, but it was males. So they didn't get to check that box. So they were kind of in this, this middle space that didn't get, um, get recognized, certainly not by the legal system in the United States. Um, and what I thought was most interesting is that most communities, all communities, they need advocation. They need an advocate. And more often than not, that advocate isn't actually from your community. It's someone from the dominant community that's saying, hold on, we're not playing this game properly or we're not going down the path right. Um, so quite honestly, like if Arnold Palmer, yeah, if Arnold Palmer or Gary Player or if any of them, especially growing up in it, are making that stand vocally out loud. That's, I think that's probably more powerful than a tiger, but tiger still needs to be the guy that says, yeah, man, I'm doubling down on that statement. But what about parallel maybe? Because tiger is, is, is arguably the greatest champion at that course too. And that's important that the old white hairs know in Augusta that they've got to have tiger on their side. Right. So I think I, I totally agree because it's not, you know, that, that, that dominant culture, they need the, I've said this before on this podcast before, they just need the balls to step up and be in parallel with the voices that are out there and bring more, more focus to them. But this is a, this is a totally special occasion just because it is Augusta and it is tiger. So I agree with you 100%, 95% of the time, but this is specific to like Augusta. I think tiger has to be a part of it. And I think some of the younger golfers have to step up and make it known where they stand. I think that that's a way too that that these younger golfers they come from a different generation where they've been raised differently. I think that there's more there's more of a and you know um, there's more of a willingness, not even a willingness. I think they they just speak their mind. Like we we've saw the the all of the protests that that happened over the past year there's a different group of young people out here who are making their voices heard. So I think, again, I think that's going to translate the younger golfers kind of have to step up and make it that, Hey, this is a, we want this to be equal for everybody. Right. And we're going to go back and and recognize those who came before us. So let's uh, wrap up this segment with uh, comments from Booga, B Cole, and then wrapping up with C pipes. So Booga. Got to get trained too. Uh, And I'm with Mathis on this, and I agree with you. And, of course, my Coco Twilight brother in the world. It's, it just amazes me, though, when it comes to the Black plight in the world. And we've all seen it and all know it. We need, no matter how much we speak up, it's always we're angry or we don't appreciate what we have. We need a white person to be by our side to help us get past that. And we shouldn't. That's because our voices, no matter how much we talk or how much we don't talk or kneel and be peaceful, no one listens. And that's just, it's sad that we have to have a white ally to help us get through something that's common sense, human decency, equality, something that's just so natural. And 
I don't I can't say Tiger needs to be the face, but even if he was, he wouldn't be it by himself. He would have to have Jack next to him <laughs> or somebody else is a big name next to him. And it shouldn't be that way for us to just get common decency in the world. And I'm not talking just golf, just the world. And that's all I had to say about that. Be cool. No, I, I, what Mathis was talking about was exactly what I was going to say was, you know, we uh, we're looking at something where you're invited to play. Well, if the invitees don't play, then there's, then that, that changes the game right there. Uh, when you look at what happened with the MLB, they pulled the all-star game from, from Atlanta in as, in essence, taking that option away from the baseball players to be able to say they will or won't play because they're voted in to play. It's not like they're sent there to play. They're voted to play. So if all of the players are to say, well, I'm not going to play because of what Georgia's voting policies are, then they're not going to have the game anyway. So MLB just took that option away. And that's what we need to look at in, in the sense of the masters is, is just, the players need to take the stand, and I'm not saying any na- anything negative against the players. This was this happened last week. You know, it's it's a week and a half out from when the actual tournament happened. The logistics and everything behind all of that is a nightmare. So this was just a a, a, a crappy time frame, essentially. C pipes. Uh, agree with pretty much everything everybody said here except for the, the the Tiger component, because I think Tiger also sees a no-win situation at the same time. Because, you know, Tiger's a guy that's hung out and played golf and known to to hang out with, you know, our former president a lot, right? So I'm not, I'm not saying what side he's on. I'm just saying we know the internet these days. So Tiger comes out and makes a statement, and then somebody hits him with a this you tweet, you know, with him with his arm around Donald Trump. So, I mean, it's, it's really a no-win for him. He, I would imagine he sees a couple steps ahead. I hate to say it, maybe the accident probably bought him a, a free pass on this one to be able to not have to say anything with not really having an excuse because it really is a no-win situation for him to, to bring anything up. And Train, wrapping it up. Yeah, I just think, um, I mean, I just echo everybody and what everybody said. To me, <clears throat> um, to me, I think about everything and it's like, why not? Why not now? It should have happened. It didn't. So why not now? Change the name. Be different. Like let's let's not be afraid of this of changing the world. Um, let's just not be afraid of that anymore. Like we, everybody goes into tradition. Everybody goes into this old school stuff. It's like let's just change. Just blow it all up. Let's do something different. So that's my thoughts. Good thoughts. Good article. It was on the, uh, I believe it was the New York Times. Go check it out. Uh, and as MD said, go go check out Elder Man. He's he's uh, uh, a good guy to research and figure out. And thanks for the thanks for the topic, man. I know this is you know, fellas, in your in your comments. I know this is a heavy one, but we appreciate we appreciate all the thoughts. Really, do. yes, indeed. So let's turn to something fun. So let's say you were warming up for the masters and you're playing give me a couple of songs that are playing on your playlist when you're you're getting ready to to tee off on hole one so let's start with uh c pipes 
So I think everybody knows what I'm playing here, right? Um, I'm probably going with a, a probably a top 40s playlist because since everybody says that Drake is a little bit top 40s now or something, so I'll probably do that. Maybe a little uh, Taylor <laughs> Zero Swift. Zero to 100? <laughs> Real yeah. quick. A little T-Swift, maybe. Uh, a little Ariana Grande. Then, then a little Drake to come for spicy. <laughs> spicy. Uh, let's throw wow. it to Who's B. Next? Uh, B. Call. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I looked at it. You can't talk right now because he's so upset. No, no. <laughs> you like what you like. It doesn't matter to me. You know, you like what you like. But if, if I'm if I'm playing the Masters, if I'm if I'm getting down there, I'm going to make a all Georgia playlist. So I'm looking at your outcasts. I'm looking at your ludicrouses. Goody Mob, Killer Mike. Throw some REM in there. Little uh, Ray Charles, Otis Redding. Have some fun with it. Nice. Georgia, Florida line. Uh, what? No, 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 what? No, <laughs> and no. and and chocolate no. Choco Twilight. Go ahead and give me your uh songs, please. Uh, my songs are nuts, man. I'm all right, Kenny Loggins, because that's uh Caddyshack, Any Way You Want It by Journey. Uh, I think that's also Caddyshack. I Want Money, Barrett's Song, LaGrange, ZZ Top. That's what my father in law used to practice to. That's actually a good one. Pride and Joy, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And all in all the money in the world, Rick Ross. Mm, I like it. Throw the throw the Ross in there for the MIA. Let's okay. go. Let's go to uh MD himself. Oh man. My playlist, it, it wouldn't change whether it's Augusta or, or or Riverdale or wherever. But uh just a couple of couple of songs that are on this list. Uh Jay-Z and Rick Ross. Uh, fuck with me, you know I know I got it. Um, some grave diggers. Uh, what else here? Got to get that Portland Drake in there. It gets me going. A <laughs> um, couple more here. Throw the hop. Some tribe in there. Um, and some uh, some no hooks. Shaq Diesel. Oh. Oh boy! Yes. Nice. You don't need. You don't need no, no hooks, hooks or slices. Wow. <laughs> Let's go to train. Uh, Brian got to it before I did, but I'm playing all Outcasts and Goody Mob, Dungeon Family. That's basically it. First song is Dirty South. It's nice. where I'm at. Yes, I like sir. it. Let's go with uh, Dan the Answer Man. So I stuck with the Wu Tang thing. So you know, number one coming in with. The mystery of chess boxing. Remember when we were in C Pipe's room back in the day and we the video came on? Ooh, ah, woo. So <laughs> and then second, as high as Wu Tang get, don't sleep on it. Get you amped up. Mm-hmm. And then Shadow Boxing, Method Man Jizza. I'm nice. going hard. I like and it. And then fourth one, if I may, bring the pain, Method Man, Method Dan. Oh, there you go. And we're gonna swing Ooh. that to to the nature boy himself. All right. Um, this was a pretty easy for me. My go-to music at any course, like, so music is important, right? When you're playing, you got to get in the rhythm. It's got to be the right music. It's put the chronic on and just let it breathe. Um, but then I also have been doing a lot of BB uh, King based, like 
Amazon Music. So whatever comes up based on BB King has really been working for me lately. So those are my two um, that I would go to right now. Booga. Listen to y'all. Y'all are very aggressive. <laughs> very <laughs> aggressive when it comes to your music. <laughs> I make love to my clubs and my ball. Oh. So I don't have a playlist per se. I have a station on my my Pandora and I got my Tyrese PlayStation and my Jagged Edge PlayStation. I wanna I wanna love I wanna love the it's way food. the air touches the my ball. Wow. So I'm listening to nothing but nineties. Slow jams all day. Make love to the grass, young butterfly. Make love to the grass. Oh, I mean, I thought I said Taylor Swift first, and it's tongue in cheek, but I'm surprised at all the '90s R&B you said Tyrese first. (laughs) 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 Not talking about when he did the 2000s. We talking about '90s, man. Oh my god, (laughs) sugar. (laughs) Drake all day. (laughs) Uh, Sugar. Oh man, um, you know I'm I'm any anything by James Brown. I, that's that's my dude. I love James Brown. Um, also, anything by the Woo. I think one of the one of the cuts that that I really love. It's actually um, it's a uh, it's it's in Liquid Swords, but it's the Fourth Chamber, and that song gets me amped for some reason. Um, uh, Nipsey, anything by Nipsey, and then I gotta say uh, Cruiser Weight Poke. By the Griselda fan. If y'all have not heard that cut, go check that out. Well, I'll, I'll bring up the rear. So I'm gonna get charged up first. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw on some red man time for some action, get it going, you know. Then you're gonna throw on some Joe Budden pump it up, you know, you know, little 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 mix. No? Okay. <laughs> and then uh then then I'm gonna jump in with uh clips grinding, because that beat is just hard as shit and bangs. And then when I'm just trying to take a deep breath and get together the the calming sounds of tribe and the jazz and everything, I'm just gonna gonna hit that uh, Midnight Marauders album would be be great right there, um, and that's about it. But it seems like we are an eclectic group. I don't know yes. about Tyrese and Keith Sweat to go warm up and hit balls, but uh, you know. <laughs> Hey, nobody says Zach Brown band, and they're from Atlanta, Georgia. Also, <laughs> I was proud that you picked Jagged Edge. At least they're part of So So Death and all that. Jagged Edge is fire. How can you hate on Tyrese too? His first album and Black Tie. Come on now. Listen, it was the fact that you said his name first. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said the, the Tyrese playlist. If I heard all the artists, you said Tyrese first. I like Tyrese. Blake and think first. the hottest thing, and he has Ghost Riders. Hey. I like Tyrese, yeah. just not first. No, you, you got Joe to see. <laughs> you got boys to men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know y'all angry with y'all's playlist. Just aggressive. Ah, this, you know, you got to get pumped up. You know, you got to get, you know, got to pump yeah. up and you got to breathe. That's the one thing I've learned in golf. Breathe. What hypes you up for the Masters. Like the blues is perfect for golf. Like it is. Right, it, it, it's perfect. So tell the story. Rhythm. You know, you're 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 happy. You're sad. Whatever. Blues is perfect for golf. Yeah. This you is might, why I said uh, you might Stevie hit a really you might hit a really yeah. bad shot, and then by the end of the song, you you you're you know you you putting for bird. That's why it's slow songs because you make love to the wind, bro. Yeah. You might be mad yeah. at 
girl, you might be happy that you girl, but you got to breathe and keep your stroke game strong. <clears throat> oh boy, stroke game. Oh, 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 oh boy. <laughs> next, next topic. Yikes! <laughs> so uh, on to uh, uh, Logan did say he wanted to hear, he wanted to feel the air on his balls or something like that. Yeah, he did <laughs> say that. Oh, whatever. I, it must be a California. Thing. Hey, in California, man, you just got to stick him out. You know, you just got to put him out your out the balcony, bro. Dice <laughs> in his back pocket. That's I don't wear no draws. Gotta let the balls breathe. Oh, oh Lordy uh, Jesus, uh, Lord. Please. Please can we move on now? We're gonna ask you three Shaolin style questions for our group. So Ginzu up the questions. <laughs> um so the first one is Who is the GOAT? Tiger, Jack, or Arnold? Tiger. 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 This is easy, Tiger. Yeah. Tiger. Tiger. Uh, I'm going to go with Tiger Bob. <laughs> Tiger here as well. Nice. Who is Eldrick Woods? <laughs> uh, who's your dream foursome? So if you could, it's you and three other people. Just name three quick people you want to play with. Like, I'm going to go with MJ, uh, Obama, and Tiger. Just to see if Tiger and MJ kind of talk a little shit with each other. I, I have to say... Tiger, MJ, and Charles Barkley, because I need the comedy too. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. I'm gonna go with uh Justin Timberlake, Steph Curry, and Tiger, of course. Hmm. Timberlake's a good call. What? Timberlake, I'll go Timberlake, Tyrese, and one of the Jagadez brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness, man! <laughs> Who's next? And I just caddy for that foursome, and that'll just that'll just be my fun day. Sure, uh, Drake's the caddy. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> vicious! What you got? <laughs> well, that's a good one, man. Um, you know, honestly, I'd say Obama, you, E. Mitch, my brother, and Phil Mickelson. Oh, that's, that's a good. MD, what you got? I don't know. That's a good question, man. I think I'd go. Bug is not going to like this, but I'll I'll put JT in there. (laughs) I'm not not afraid to say it. Put Obama in there. And one other one. Yeah, I'm not sure who the other one would be. Let's throw Tony Finau in there. Oh. I like it. All right, I'm going to go Jack, Tiger, and my grandpa. Dope. Right on. I think I got to go with my gramps, uh, Tiger, and probably Barkley, just so I could actually have a chance to beat somebody. In that awesome. Oh boy. I'm I'm pretty sure Barkley's still Barkley's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> he might be, but by the you never know, man. Brother's coming up. <laughs> he, he plays more than you. A lot. Yeah, he more. does he does he does play a lot more than I do. He doesn't he is terrible. He does his, not swing is still, his swing is still terrible. <laughs> All right. We're not playing best ball. We ain't playing this best ball shit either. This is not <laughs> no, this is, we're playing 
Individual? Shit. Yeah, so I think I got a chance. <laughs> a couple more questions for you guys. So, Real quick, Eric. Yo, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, sorry. That's all right. So I'm going MJ, Tiger, mm-hmm. and my sleeper is Bill Murray. Oh, oh shit. That's a good one. I was really going to go Bill Murray, Kevin Cosner, and Adam Sandler. Damn. Oh. You got the whole group. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cosner, huh? Action. Caddy for you, Brian. Solid. Oh, wow. Brian's a man. Well, those good ones. That was a good got one. The movies. Yeah, that was good. Um, So, Flat Bill curved visor bucket or no brim at all so i'm going flat bill curved are we talking about wild golfing yeah yeah i'm just asking because flat bill in life but curved while golfing oh okay i think it depends on the on the fit but that's just me because <laughs> I, I always wear my glasses so i've just kind of come accustomed to it doesn't like squish my glasses into my face so i gotta go flat bill all the time you got to cock the hat to the side. No way it doesn't do that anymore. Oh. I feel like I've done all of the above on a golf course. Just to try to get the fit right. Yeah. Vision vision, and, and C-pipes, the fits is all of what it's about. Guaranteed. I'm going buckets all day. If I could have a bucket hat every day of the week, I'd you. be happy. I'm with you, Dan. I'm going bucket hat. Got those two. <laughs> got those got it got it <laughs> um right. so uh my what, wife doesn't like my pick on bucket hats actually by the way she just gave me a thumbs down <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be comfortable man you gotta be comfortable on that course what uh so what club are you hitting to get you out of the shit during the masters and we kind of talked about that earlier but what clubs are you using baffler all day What's the distance? Just to get you out of trouble. What are you going to first? The rescue. That's it's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my rescue were five wood. Five iron punch, or if it's a long shot, I got it. Five iron. I was going to say the same thing. Depends on what kind of shit I'm in, man. Yeah, it just depends. Yep. <laughs> like I mean, old people, it all depends. Yeah, you're in some, you're in some <laughs> thick grass. Y'all go ahead and take your five iron. You ain't going anywhere. You better take a nine iron to get out of that shit. A bronze strong. <laughs> yeah, man, but you got to play that 180 degree hook shot you got going there. So. <laughs> that was three years ago, bro. You ain't seen my game since then. <laughs> I'm coming to Denver. When y'all ready to play? When y'all season start? I'm coming to Denver. Couple months. <laughs> oh boy. This, you got to get out of the snow pattern first. Yeah, that shit sucks. Um, so what? Seven iron over here, by the way. Seven iron. Seven. Oh, okay. B call. What you got? I mean, seven iron is the only club that I ever feel comfortable swinging. So I'll hit it when I'm not in the shit. I'll hit it when I'm in the shit. <laughs> I would agree. Like, yeah. Seven iron. Yeah, you just got to hit it. <laughs> yep. Um. So since it's masters. What are you shooting at Augusta? So I'm saying I'm I'm in the 125 to 130 range easily. Uh, that's gonna be tough. Booger. I, I think I can shoot. If 
I don't use my driver. I think I can shoot bogey golf. I'll get a the par threes to give me a par, par fives to give me a bogey. Then I go back and forth with the par fours with a double bogey to a bogey. I, I think I can I can shoot bogey golf. Mathis. What tees are we playing from? That's uh, question. And that depends too. Yeah, the tees. We're playing from our tees. Whatever qualifies, like our 6,400 6, for the white tees. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to call it impossible, but I don't think the scores would be that high if we're playing from the closer tees. The greens are the greens. Are, the greens are the problem, though. Sure. The greens are the greens I are fairways. Nasty greens. Mm-hmm. Add 10, 15 easily. Yeah. Well, playing in Colorado, we're used to elevation. You know, there's right. a lot of mountain courses where, you know, it's, it is, you know, it's is not that extreme as in terms of like the mountain courses we play, but it's, uh, you know, that part of it, I don't think we would struggle with, or what we would struggle with because we're amateur hacks, but um, the putting, I think, would add like countless strokes to our game. You know, I'll say I'm probably with you, you know, E Mitch, probably in the 120s. Chaco yeah. Twilight. I play snowman golf, so 144, because that's eight times 18. <laughs> it, MD. <laughs> I don't know. I think I could, you know, if you're playing your best during the summer, I could probably get it between one and 110, I would assume. But it's that putting. That putting is going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And the that's rest what of I was course, thinking, MD. I don't think is. I mean, you. You're hitting good shots. You're hitting good shots to, to a large degree, but the putting. I mean, I've played fast greens, uh, Coyote Springs out in Nevada, that are just Ooh. hard and fast, and just undulations everywhere. And or True North when it's hard and fast on the Pinnacle Course, <laughs> and forget it, man. I mean, I mean, not only are they fast, but they are so difficult to read. I mean, not only that, too, but just staying on, Mike. Oh yeah, they're built on. up. Yeah, staying on. I mean, you you'll think it'll break. You think you're it's going to break a foot right, and it'll go a foot left on you. Yep. And it's just yeah, reading them and and the speed. Uh, that's that's what's going to kick everyone's butt as us amateurs. For for yeah, I don't know how y'all greens are there. I know our greens in San Diego, all of them are fast. We're, it's like putting on glass here. So I don't I don't I have to come out there and play y'all's courses like that. Experience it. I, mean, I, I think there's uh, a, an advantage sometimes just as much as a different disadvantage of just not knowing what you're getting into. Yes. Like you guys, this whole podcast have like analyzed the course and done this and slopes and used words that I can't repeat. But sometimes <laughs> when you just go out there and just kind of like, hey, I need to get this ball to that hole and you're not thinking about anything else you play better. I mean, that's the only reason you guys got me back on tours because I went out there and was like, all right, I'm just going to hit this ball over there. And it actually worked out decently. Once I started getting in my head, the scores went amazingly up. Now, if you want to shoot good, you got to combine that. Right. But, um, but I think it's, I think it's, I think just my point about it is I don't think the scores would be, abnormally high if we're playing from our appropriate tees they're going to be high but they're not going to be like oh my gosh like i can't believe it it's just going to be like okay well dang that was a little higher than i normally do but i did all right 
Well, I mean, that's for y'all. I'm saying that for y'all. For me, you never know. What are you shooting? I mean, what do you want to give me? (laughs) That's for you to say. This is your this is your prediction. <laughs> Again, I'm just going out there playing. Right. Once once we get to the end, we could. Uh, that's what I'm shooting. I'm just going to be honest. I'm I'm going to stop counting at 150. Yikes! Wow. Just don't snowman with me. That's yeah. Eight I, times hey, I just I'm just going to be honest, man. I, I mean, I think this is a very hard course. I don't, yes. think, I don't think anybody can go there who is an amateur and do well at all. I really don't. I think that this is the Masters. It's a different course. It's a difficult course. I'm going to stop counting at 150. I think if you break 120, you're all right. You break 110, you walk away very, very happy. Mm -hmm. It's a tough course. Mm -hmm. I can't agree because every course you play is going to be tough. And I don't know the courses y'all play, but I played Pebble Beach before. I played Monterey Bay before. I, so, I mean, in those, at Pebble Beach, I shot a 110. And that's all water. So you can't tell me the master that this is going to be harder than Pebble Beach. It all depends on the tease you're playing from and what shot you're trying to do to me. If you think you're going out there and, okay, I'm shooting a 62 from the tips, okay, you're lying. But if we're shooting from where we usually shoot, and he's talking about 6,800, the courses y'all play in Colorado, some of the courses have to be longer than 6,200, correct? It depends on the tee box. Yeah. Play to your abilities. Well, I say what? I tell you, you know, I think what the one thing is you got to play all out together at once. And then I think you have a better idea. Yeah. You know? Um, so with that, I think um, we're going to get into the the next segment of the of the pod. We're going to get into the, the 2021 Masters picks. Who's the one and only Masters? <laughs> yes, indeed. Show enough. So, um, E, why don't you go ahead and get it started with uh, who you think um, is going to go ahead and, and take this major. All right. So, you, I mean, you have some notables. It's past winners. DJ, Tiger, Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, Bubba. Um, I know a lot of people look, but... Um, I'm going to go JT. He's made nine to 10 cuts this year. He had a big win um, and is playing well. I like Jordan Spieth, but it's kind of hard to go from a win, back-to-back wins like that, but it'd be impressive if he did that. Um, I'm kind of on Brooks Kepka a little bit, but I just don't know how the knee is holding up, and I don't know what's going on there. Um, but my sleeper, well, I have two sleepers. I got Tony Finau. Because I, I just kind of really want to see him win, and we've all picked him on this show to kind of do that. <laughs> kind of painful. And Ryan Palmer, um, I like him. 10 of 11 cuts, consistent. Um, hadn't played the Masters since 2015, so this is a chance for him. He's playing better to get in there. So I will throw it to Dan, the answer man. So I, My first one is actually John Rahm. I think he's been playing some good golf and he actually plays pretty well at the masters. I think he has one of the lowest, if not the lowest average scores there. And then also I'm with you, JT Emich. I think, you know, his game is pretty solid right now. And it's just a matter of, you know, putting it together. If he can putt, I think he'll win. I was going to go with Brooks, but that knee, I mean, they were saying he's going to have a problem just walking the course, let alone playing. He says playing's all right, but walking with all the undulation, I don't know. Um, so I'm, so instead of Brooks, I'm going with Patrick Reed. I think, you know, I think the game is, is there it's just a matter of keeping it, you know, 
together all four days. And my sleeper is Mr. Goldilocks himself, Tommy Fleetwood. You got to get a Euro in there. Nice. MD. Well, uh, you didn't leave me very many, Eric. Uh, <laughs> you got like six picks and five sleepers. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just about just kind of thinking about who's going to, you know, what the course is like. And there's never been a back-to-back or there's only been three back-to-back winners. So DJ's out plus his game is kind of, kind of crap right now. Uh, John Rahm, uh, Dan doesn't have kids, but when that first one comes, uh, it affects things. It's a wrap. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh, Rory, new coach. Seems like he's still working on stuff. Um, but, you know, there's no swimming pools at Augusta, so maybe he'll be all right. Um, oh, boy. So my pick is my, my pick's uh, actually Tony Finau. And he, he's not a sleeper. I mean, he's he comes he comes through in majors. He's played in eighteen majors, and he's got eight top tens. So as a as a percentage, that's forty four percent of the time he's finishing in the top ten. Two other guys that are near that number, Tiger and Jack, at forty seven percent. Albeit, you know, small sample size, but that's uh, that's rarefied air right there. Plus, there's like this, you know, Riviera and and Augusta correlation. Whoever plays well at Riviera, you know, has a good chance at the Masters. Mm. Tony Finau's in that uh, that playoff at Riviera. Um. So yeah, that, that's my pick. Uh, as far as sleeper goes, not really sleeper. I mean, he's he's probably second tier. Um, I'm gonna go with Cameron Smith. He had top four at Riviera. Um, I think he was uh, fifth or no. Yeah. Fifth at the masters last year in November. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Cam Smith as, as the, uh, as a second or actually second in the masters. That's right. So um, yeah, those are my two picks. Nice. Let's go to Booga. I'm an accountant, but I don't know calculus like uh, MD was putting out there with percentages and stuff. I had to start. I only got 10 <laughs> fingers, 10 toes. I almost broke out my calculator. But I, I'm going with DJ because he has struggled and usually gets hot around this time. And that's what he does. Um, I thought about Rory and his new coach. But I think Rory has a swing back, but not his heart back yet. So I don't think he's going to – he'll be in the top 10, but I don't think he's going to win it. Jordan Spieth, good chance because he won last week and he's got a swing back. But my sleeper is Bubba Watson. So DJ and Bubba Watson is my sleeper. Nice. Mathis. All right. So, MD, I'm going to kind of push back and agree with you at the same time. So – um I'm going with John Rahm. Um, I have kids, but if I was as wealthy as him, I could pay somebody to get up and take care of that child while I'm getting ready for the masters. So I would have nothing but like that overwhelming joy if I just had a kid, but I really don't have to take care of it for a week or two or whatever. Like I get it been there, but uh, he, you know, you think about the match play, he was the only player in the top 20 to make it to the sweet 16. He is playing well. And now, he has like even more motivation. So that's kind of my reasoning there. 
but I love the Cameron Smith pick as well. So those are my two. Um, there's just something about him that I, I just feel he's, he was there last year and even he's been improving each year, I think in the last three years of the master. So um, yeah, I'm going John Rahm and Cameron Smith, but I also want to say you name drop two of my favorite courses, my home course of Highland Hills and Riverdale. So thanks. Uh, I appreciate that as well. C pipes. So I'll go DJ to start because I just, I just feel like DJ knows, knows how to turn on. I know some golfers can turn on turn off and be off for a while, but DJ can just turn on a sleeper is nobody's mentioned. So I'm just going to mention his name just because technically he's not a sleeper, but at Augusta he is because I don't think anybody thinks he can win with his style is Bryson. So I'll just go with Bryson as a sleeper just to see if he can, if he can beat it up. I, if he wins the masters with his game, I'll, I'll be for it because it'd be interesting to watch. And it'll be sort of like this weird science experiment. That's not that I'm pulling for him. I just think it'll be fun to watch. Nice. B Cole. Uh, I was going to go with uh, DJ, um, the same reasons everyone's been commenting. And then just to uh, stick with my style, uh, some Colin Morikawa. Like it. Train, who you got for the Masters? Uh, era. Hmm. I know. I like what everybody else is kind of talking about here. So, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling worried right now. I know there's all this stuff, but, uh, I mean, I feel like he's good. So, there's that. And then my sleep, I don't know, sleeper, but, like, I think it would be really dope if uh, Jordan Spieth followed up his Followed up what he just did with a, a Masters win. That would be pretty dope. So I'll pick those two. Dope. Chocolate Twilight. Uh, Because everybody's gone with DJ. I like DJ. But I'm going to go with Xander Shuffle. That's his name, right? Shuffle? Shuffle? <laughs> um, I like that dude. And then um, I picked him a couple of times actually already this year. And then Paul Casey. I uh, slipped in with Paul Casey a little bit earlier this year. I'm going to go back to him again. See if he has any chances. He's a 40, 40 to one guy. So nice. Wrap us up, Shug. Well, there's not very much left at all these picks. But what I'm going to say is, I do think that that it, there's potential that DJ can win this. He's already he's won it before, and I think he's been playing some very bad golf, which means he might go out there and rip it up. Never know. So I'm going to go with DJ. I'm also going to go with JT. I think he has a definite chance. He's already, you know, he's already won this year. And I think that when I, when I watched him during the tournament, um, you know, a few weeks back, uh, he just had a calmness about him that I think can translate and carry over to the Masters. I also think that, um, you know, I also like the, the Morikawa pick. I think that he doesn't really putt well. But I think he's he's accurate and can drive, so I think he has a chance. Um, but the one thing that was interesting to me about Spieth is that go check out all these different. Well, we were talking about like uh, all the all the odds and all the crazy shit that you can bet on. You know whether it's strokes, whether it's you know the top golfer in a specific country, head to heads, whatever. Right? 
But a lot of people are betting, putting money down five to one, and that's where the odds were this evening, that Spieth won't even make the cut. Which I think is just ludicrous. I think that's just a stupid bet. But, you know, I think that's kind of cold-blooded. But that's those are my picks, man. That's oh, it, you know. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll see what happens. We got a couple of days to uh, kick off the Masters. So, uh, if you guys were uh, patrons and you're you're watching the Masters, what are you smashing? Like they have this menu that the the price hasn't changed in a, in a, probably a long time, if not ever. Uh, what are you smashing when you get on the course to go go watch uh these guys play? Um so let's let's go to C pipes. The everything looks good, but what I hear is the best or the sorry, the underrated thing on the menu here is the uh ice cream sandwich. The peach ice cream sandwich sounds banging. Everything else fine. I mean the pimento cheese was uh, unpopular opinion. It's not that tasty. It's really not that good. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I respect the masters. But uh, the the, uh, the ice cream sandwich is where it's at. Hey Chuck, man, that's my aiming corner right there, bro. <laughs> I'm with you on it. Ice cream sandwich, especially mm-hmm. Georgia Georgia peach ice cream. You can't beat it. Family from Atlanta, so yeah, that's that's the ticket right there. Booger, what you smashing? I- I'm switching out between chicken sandwiches and the ice cream sandwich. You know, I don't, I don't eat breakfast, so I don't worry about that. But that ice cream sandwich, I can probably just like rub that over my body. Oh, um, <laughs> this dude's I, always rubbing something and feeling something <laughs> on his body. Man, <laughs> I keep my sexy bug of sugar. <laughs> Dan, the Boy. answer man. Wow, you guys know I'm an engineer, so I'm I'm, I'm analytical. So I got eighteen dollar budget, like you said. I'm starting with some breakfast, $5, going with a sausage biscuit, chicken biscuit, bottle of water, start it off right. Because we're going to be there all day, right? Yeah. For lunch, you got to go with the pimento cheese. Just because you're, you're at Augusta, you got to do it. Then you got to follow it up with a master's club sandwich and a soft drink because I don't drink alcohol. So I got my $6. And then I got a little dessert towards you know later in the day. Got to go with the Georgia peach ice cream sandwich and a bottle of water because it's going to be hot there. So I'm sitting at what, 15 bucks? I got $3 left. I have two options. One, this might be not be the popular vote, but I'm going to give a bag of chips to Mike and a bag of chips to wagers because, you know, Mike's about those <laughs> chips life and they spent most of their money on beer. So you know, they need a little <laughs> bit of substance. Or the second one, being selfish, I'll just buy myself another soft drink and get some crackers, finish it strong. Nice. MD. They got beer on the menu, right? Yep. $5 imports, $4 domestic. Slow it up on breakfast, get a sausage biscuit, chicken biscuit. Spend the rest on uh, domestic, craft, whatever. Nice. Told you he needed those chips. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Be cool. Um, So as I stated earlier, I have the uh, palate of a six-year-old, so... I guess I would have to go with uh, probably two coffees to start my day off. And then I'm just going to buy 10 cookies and just go that route. Oh, boy. I like it. I don't know why what? these six-year-olds are pounding coffees this early in the morning. <laughs> hey, I got I to get it started. I mean, that's the only normal thing I got. 
Uh, Chocolate Twilight, you have anything else besides the, the ice cream sandwich? Man, I'm having lots of ice cream sandwiches, and then I'm going to see if I can talk my way onto the patio for shots. Mm, okay. Train, any any extras besides the uh, Georgia peach? You you sat there, or you, you want anything else? No. I had to find that mute button. Sorry about that. Um, I think that breakfast is my all-time favorite meal so i might have that i might have the whole menu on breakfast besides coffee get a sausage chicken biscuit give me a blueberry muffin and some fresh fruit and then uh later on we'll have that ice cream sandwich wow uh sugar well there's water and beer so i'm i'm actually going to be cool with the fact that i'll probably get a couple of brews i gotta slap both of them uh the biscuit sandwiches and i'll probably get that barbecue sandwich for lunch and I think I can make that all work under the $18 ODB budget. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to start with breakfast. I'm going to have a chicken biscuit, a coffee uh, to get me going. Um, my snack for the day is going to be a couple of beers. And then for lunch, I'm going to have a pimento cheese sandwich, water, chips, ice cream sandwich. So should be pretty full, pretty happy watching golf. So Menu of champions. Menu of champions. No. Hell <laughs> <Definitely>, no. <laughs> the peach sandwich, maybe. Man, that thing sounds good, man. I I, I kind of yeah. want to just get some kind of ice cream sandwich now. We gotta see. We gotta see if we can get some here. Yeah, for sure. Can anybody look that it. up real quick? Let's check that out. Is it is it a sugar cookie or is it a chocolate chip cookie? I don't, I don't remember. I think it would have to be. It couldn't be chocolate though. I think if it was a, it's got to be a sugar. If it's a, it's got to be something like you know, like yeah, like a sugar cookie or like maybe like a crust kind of, like a crust kind of gram, thing, yeah. like a gram <clears throat> would be dope. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm looking at so I'm looking at it. It could be a Snickerdoodle. Mm. Oh, there you go. I knew y'all got me thinking about ice cream sandwiches. Oh, uh, this dude went and got one. You think it's a snickerdoodle chart? I think it is. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. That's even better. So you know they yeah. have this. They have a um, the option here. I think they they started about two years ago where you can actually order the master's food and have it sent to your house. What? So they have they call the 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 eats of the masters or something like that, and basically it opens up a week before the masters. You can basically go down the menu, order all this stuff, and they'll send it to your house the week of the masters. Last week it opened last week and it sold out within like a couple hours. Whoa, that's but crazy! Get on that. Next year I'm buying everybody's sandwiches, ice cream sandwiches. Appreciate there it. There it is. That's the Neapolitan one too. <laughs> that's all the colors represented. Yes, sir. <laughs> We are getting to the time of the show where we get into our hating of the week and the hating of the week is brought to you by golf gents. Let's hear from them. Do you enjoy the flowering peach magnolias and azaleas? Then you should head over to golfgents.com right now to get your master's collection gear. From the Metal Masters to the Amen Collection, Golf Gents has you covered. Use code MASTERS and you will receive 25% off your order. Head over to GolfGents.com right now. What are you waiting for? Nice. Golf Gents. 
So, um, popular um, topic for our show, what we're hating on for the week. So, this is our time of the week to let loose and talk all the shit we want about something that we can't stand. Um, And so, let's start with Dan the Answer Man. This was actually tough because I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy, so I can't really hate on much. So I'll just choose the weather because it's easy to hate on it here in Colorado. We talked about it earlier. We're in that transition phase, you know, where it's nice one day, cold another day. So you like got to have the heater on at night, AC, maybe on in the day, open it up. Just like, come on, make up your mind. Let's switch it on to some spring weather. Let us get out, have some fun, bring on the summer. Nice. MD. Uh, I was debating on, uh, you know, simple or serious and, uh, I just, uh, decided to go serious, I guess. So thing I'm hating on this week is, you know, I hate like fear-based products, companies, movements, you know, mindsets where people are basically trying to profit off of, you know, prey on people's fears. Um, just for an example, you know, when we first moved into this house every day, we would have like security companies coming by trying to pimp their product and, you know, basically, you know, trying to tell you why, you know, your house is unsafe and they just listen off reasons trying to, you know, instill fear on so that you'll, you know, buy their product or whatever. Um, and it's not to say that there's not a place for that. If it makes you feel comfortable having such a thing. But I just don't like companies that that use fear to, you know, make money, basically. And then, you know, on a larger level than just, you know, products, uh, just, you know, like movements as well. Um, you know, because, sure, a security system is a small, you know, solicitation, but on a grander scale, uh, you know, societal scale, it just, you know, just pisses me off when people you know, use fear to stoke bigotry and uh, pit folks against one another, you know, for their personal, you know, gain of power or, or wealth or whatever. It's just, you know, true evil is what it is. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, whether it's, you know, just a security system or a whole, you know, societal movement, just peddling fears is something that, that really pisses me off and, and really, you know, and also, you know, people that, that fall into this, this rhetoric of fear, um, you know, just be a little more conscious of it and, and try to, um, you know, be realistic in, in the things that you're concerned about. And, um, you know, cause it's one thing to say, you know, I want a security system for my family just for peace of mind. It's another thing to say people are coming into our country to take this from us or, uh, you know, take our jobs or, you know, people are coming to, you know, take my guns or, or coming to take this country away from me. And um, that's just, you know, fear mongering. And, and so that, that's what I'm hating on this week. Right on. Let's go with uh, Train. 
Man, I got to follow that up, man. He's Sorry, man. I didn't mean to go heavy. <laughs> you can hate nah, on lights. Ooh, shots fire right there. Um, following up, Mike, though, I mean, Mike has a very solid point on, on that whole deal, and that is something that I, I hate on as well. But what, what I'm hating on... Um, I'm hating on just shady, greedy people. <laughs> um, we're 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 trying to buy a house, and we found a new build, and we were due to sign this contract, but because our neighborhood is popping right now, a lot of the houses that are going up people just buy i mean everybody knows how the housing industry is right now anyway but people are just buying things and buying things and buying things and these people told us we had a contract ready to go and then they stalled us they stalled us for a few weeks and then finally came back and we're like hey we're gonna like hold off before we send a contract because stuff is getting more expensive blah 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 but it's just like you told us in an email that you would set the price at this and that we were in there to get this. And now you're changing your mind. Like, it's just like, yo, like, first of all, what you're building, you're just greedy. It's just, it's not worth as much as you're building it. Only it's only worth that because people are trying to buy it. So um, second of all, like do what you say you're going to do. Like you could have told us that two months ago, Hey, we're going to wait until the middle of the summer to do this. So that's what I'm hating on. I hate, I hate on when, when people are just shady, don't follow through with what they're going to do and just kind of, kind of screw you over a little bit just because they're greedy and they want to get all they can get without thinking about how it impacts other people's lives. Soapbox, I'm off. Cool. Fuck them. That's right. Booger. And I don't want this to be long, so I'm going to try and keep it short. First off, MD, I don't know if you used to be like the guy who, the notes taker at a Black Panther Party movement meeting or something, but you always come out to support. So I love you, man. You know how we do. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) He is there. Bruh, every time. But my first hate is Relationships you shouldn't be in, but you get out of, but you don't know if it's okay, but you have to agree with that anyways and just accept that. that yeah, I know y'all looking kind of crazy now, but I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> uh, what I'm mainly hating on is myself. I'm hating on my golf game right now because I go to Palm Springs and pay, play Terralago with my my family and I shoot a 110 at Terralago. I come back to San Diego and play my home course, Still Canyon, and play at 87. So I'm hating on consistency. It makes no sense. It's just stupid. Your body knows repetition, but it don't want to listen to repetition, then you overthink yourself. So next thing you know, you can't hit no woods, so you hit nothing but irons all day. Yeah, that's what I'm hating on. Got a couple other things, but I ain't going to mention them right now because I'm just mad at myself right now. 
Throw on that Tyrese. It'll help you out, man. Shush. (laughs) (laughs) I need some peach cobbler ice cream to rub all over my body for it. Wow. Mm. Uh, Nature Boy, what you hating on? All right. uh, I'll keep this quick. I'm hating on high school boys. So I have a sophomore daughter, uh, and I can't stand any boy that is within 15 feet of her. And she also works at uh, Boondocks and, you know, there are boys everywhere. There's, you know, people are asking her, well, how, you know, she works at the ticket booth, you know, we exchange your tickets for prizes. They're like, well, how many tickets for your number? And I hear this and I just want to like drive up there and just start beating up teenage boys. So Boondocks. Uh, hundred and, 20th in Colorado or 120th and I 25. I mean, like, what is it? Like a family oh, entertainment center. It's go like on. a, yeah, it's a place where you go bowling, laser tag, video oh, games for us here. Okay. Like Dave, Dave and Buster's in a, in a way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm hating on right now. High school boys. Shit. I w- I'll be there too. C pipes. Are you on that? Uh, I'm hating on uh, two things but I'll keep them brief. I'm hating on the fact that Adidas golf is not getting any shade for a really shitty collection in 2021. Mm-hmm. I love Adidas, but these ZG 21s are trash. <laughs> the special editions, the X 21s are trash. Garbage. And Smith masters editions are trash. Like I know everybody wants to talk about Nike and making two white shoes that look the same, but get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Adidas collection is absolute shit. This year. Stick with the Adidas code chaos. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. Like last year was a great year for them. The second thing I'm hating on, I'll keep this quick, but I'm hating on haters. I'm hating on haters that are hating on me for liking certain types of music that provides <laughs> the vibe. And y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm hating on y'all. So whenever y'all want to come at me, come at me. <laughs> hating on y'all. Nice. Be cool. Paddles. <laughs> I told you you could like who you like. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me that you like garbage. <laughs> Sigh. All right. So as far as boondocks goes, I'm like 15 minutes away. Hit me up. I'm there with you. Real quick. I'm hating on Elliot, not wanting me and Mike to get paid. <laughs> and uh, I'm hating on me not practicing any golf since October. I haven't swung a club since October. That's well, it. We've been through a lot, bro. So I understand. No, you have some other things going on too. There be give yourself a little credit. And I'm not hating on y'all. Y'all charge the right amount of price. Like it's it's fine. Just don't <laughs> tell somebody something and then don't do it. That's all I'm saying. Ch- Chaco Twilight. Oh. Um. Wow. I'm hating on Booger's balls being out and getting all breezy. That was just way too much for a podcast. No, 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 no. I don't hate you. It's just your balls out. That's a different thing. <laughs> My right? balls are me. And we're going to make, man, make sure you put your clothes on when we go play golf, man. Got his dice in his back pocket. Like, I don't even know what to do. Right? So. <laughs> So that was one. Um, 
I want to hate on undulation because that's been the word of the podcast for what it's worth. But uh, <laughs> how could you hate an undulator? Like, is, they, they undulate in the booty club. Like, they undulate all over the place. So I feel like I want to hate on undulation, but I can't. Like, you just got to love that kind of thing. My balls um, undulated sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. No, thank you. Hard pass. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to take a page out of Chuck's uh, book, just on the serious tip. I'm hating on hate. Like, it's just a sad day where we hear about just Asians getting prosecuted in the streets. I mean, we spent an entire summer with African-Americans, black folks, um, more than a summer, but obviously just that going on. And then we slide into just the next ethnic group. It's just frustrating. Like, mind your own business. Worry about you. Do you. Why are you worried about somebody else? Just, Just focus on your own space. So... Hate on that. And yeah, Chuck, I also hate on the Adidas collection this year. Um, but I got me some Jordan uh, golf shoes, my first pair of Jordan. So I'm kind of proud of that anyway. Nice. Uh, I will go before Sugar wraps it up. So uh, I'm going to switch to the other brand, to Nike. They put out the bullshit, non-mastered color. I don't know what the fuck is going on to me. Like, just give me the green and white colorway make it dope do something with it we have all these players out here now we i will say i think i sent it out to c pipes and a couple people the female collection was on some heat um so i appreciate that but they didn't push that right so um it's just i can't i just for me i'm a traditional i want the traditional green and white on it Throw me some of that stuff, and then you can get funky with the colors right after that. We have a hundred tournaments after that. Do your thing. Um, so there's that. I'm just hating on that. Period. Um, I'm excited about the Masters this week. Sugar, what you have? Sugar, well, I'm sorry, sugar. I'm sorry, sugar. But Charles, Chuck, you remember when you bought them ugly ass Nikes with the grass on the sides? <laughs> them shits are hard, man. No, they're not. Stop. They're hard, man. Go ahead, sugar. We good. <laughs> All right. So, you know, um, I'm a communicator by trade, you know, so I spend a lot of time putting content out there for people to engage with, to learn, to take that and do something else with, to learn a new skill. You do a lot of things that you might not be able to do but I'm just going to point out that information is free. And I work with a lot of motherfuckers who do not read or spend time to actually go do what they should do. So I get a lot of, I get a lot of examples of someone will come to me and say, Hey, I need help with this and that. I'll say, I don't really have time to help you, but here's documentation on what you can do to help yourself. These motherfuckers come back to me and say, oh, well, we read through the documentation. We still don't understand it. Okay. Prove it. So I started asking motherfuckers to prove they shit. And you know what I found? Motherfuckers don't read. So this is a message to all motherfuckers who don't read and don't really feel like they want to spend the time to invest. People work hard on the shit, the information that's out there. So information is free. Spend the time to read what you need to read. So you know what the fuck you're talking about. That's all I want to say. I think people know how to read. 
people not to read. They just don't, they're just too lazy to do it. They don't want to put forth the effort because they're still entitled to get all the answers for free. So I have, so I have to spend my time reading so I can, so I know. So that way I can do that, do it for you. Fuck that. Don't give them answers. Push them back. So what I started doing is making people read. And, and I told, you know, I've, I've, we've had actual complaints at work because we've went to this model, but you know what? We get more shit done this way. And no one's complaining no more. True indeed. No more hate. Do we have any more hate out here? No. Okay. That's, we have cleared the air. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, hey, we hey, have. Hey, hey, hey. So we're I wrapping up this. Oh, huh? Go ahead. I love you guys in case you didn't know. Oh, thanks, Booger. Thank you, sir. Well, um, let's let's roll that that love into the shout out. So go ahead and give your shout outs. Whatever you want to shout out and everything, I will start calling on people. So, Train, give your shout outs. Man, just uh, this collective of people on this podcast, I want to shout every single one of you fellas out. This is such a dope thing to do. Obviously, got to shout out the family. My stepson, Jake, got accepted to CU and the Carroll School of Mines. Nice. Deciding between those two, see what he's going to do. Um, obviously, my lovely wife, Emily, um, she's just an awesome person. And then, um, I mean, that really covers it. That's my that's my world right there is you fellas and my fam. Bam. So uh, shout y'all out. All right. Booga. Oh, I have to shout out. My peoples, my family, Eric, you know, my cousin, Johnson's how we do. Y'all on here, appreciate you all the ones I know. We always have good laughs, the ones I don't know. Hope we get to do that soon. Um, shout out, I have to go with Elliot. Shout out my my kids. My daughter's the shit. My son's the shit, but my daughter going to the University of Hawaii, full scholarship. She put in her work. Love that. Shout out Selena. Short relationship, but held it down while she was there. But this is just way too long, but still got you. Um, and that's about it. I'm good. All right. MD. So just want to shout out uh, the uh, Hard Knock Slice group. Uh, you know, we have our own little mini tour over the summer. So just shout out to you guys. Uh, the guys on the on the pod here, so you know Dan, Chuck, Brian, uh, Vish, uh, Elliot, Eric. Um, not on the pod, you know. Kathy's part of the group. Wagers, um, Blaine, Martin, Marcus. Um, they were actually expanding this year, so I'd like to officially welcome Mathis to our group and uh, Reg Shug. Welcome to the tour, guys. Woo. Nice. Can't wait. Can't wait till y'all see how high my score goes. That's awesome. (laughs) It only goes so high, man, before we stop counting, but that's all right. But I'm gonna get it, it'll and I'm gonna try to get it lower. We'll see what's up. Uh let's go, Dan the answer, man. So first and foremost, my wife. Thank you for everything. Family, all the fellas, cat from the hard knock slice tour. Welcome, Reg. Welcome, Mathis. Can't wait to play with you guys. And I want to say shout out to good neighbors. I have some pretty good neighbors around me. Got a new family that moved in behind me. They, so far, so good. 
because good neighbors are huge. You know, if they're not going to be loud and stuff, I'm all about it. Nice. Thank you. Let's go with uh, B. Cole. Uh, you know, shout out to the family, obviously. Um, shout out to you guys. Thank you for the positivity, the support with uh, with uh, me starting to get some artwork going again. I appreciate you guys having my back and uh, the positive words. Thanks again for having me on. Word. C-pipes. I mean, of course, shout out to you guys, but uh, shout out to science. I think uh, this summer shaping up to uh, work out well for us getting that vaccine popping. So it's about to be hot boy summer. I don't know about y'all. But definitely <laughs> he just say hot boy summer. City boys. Number two this Friday, Chuck. City <laughs> boys is up. Did he just say that? <laughs> yes, he did. He did, man. Uh, Chaco Twilight. Oh, yeah, we want to send a shout out to Undulation. I've had some time to think about my hate in that space. I'm just proud of Undulating now. <laughs> I want to send actually a shout out to Reg. Um, Eric, you guys for putting this together. It's great, great work that you got done. You got here bringing everybody together. Everybody on the pod, listen to you all tell your stories and say your wares over the last couple of weeks. And just, I'm proud to say that I've got a, a pretty intelligent group of friends. So I appreciate all of you guys for what you bring to the game. Want to send a shout out to my little bro. He's got a little monkey on the way. Um, so I'm really, really proud of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprises mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, do this summer. <clears throat> and I want to send a shout out to the girlfriend. She holds it down. And I found a good one there. Um, and then to the rest of the fam. Just, you know, fam, friends, that's kind of what that pins us up. That's the underpinning of life. And I'm proud and fortunate to say I've got, I've got, pillars in both those spaces so that's my story word undulate 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 (laughs) the nature boy you're up all right well first off thanks for uh the hard knock slice i i i'm super excited that just like made my day my week so i really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to be a part of what i've really come to understand better uh, through this podcast and really hear your guys' stories and the connections you have. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to being a part of that. Um, so, you know, obviously a huge shout out for that. So thank you. Uh, shout out to my family, my two girls, my wife. Uh, they are amazing. They're why I do everything I do. Um, Got to give a shout out to all my fellow educators. Uh, keep your heads up. It's almost summer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's really about it. So, well, and I got everybody on this podcast, obviously, like to have the camaraderie come on and be able to, you know, uh, talk about serious stuff, but joke around and just, you know, give each other the business. Uh, It's it's super enjoyable and uh, a good part of uh, the self-care that I've been, you know, hopefully we're all being mindful of doing for ourselves because that's important. So thanks, guys. Nice. Beige brother, number two. Sugar, what you got? Well, obviously, shout out, you know, to everyone on this pod. Thank you for joining. This is something that, uh, you know, we've we've been considering doing for for a long time and to really make it happen. Um, this is a beautiful thing. So thank you for being on this journey with us. Um, thank you to the listeners. Um, you know, please continue to share this message. Um, and you know, one thing I also want to say is shout out to the, to the NCAA tournament, both the men's and the women's. I thought those were, were wonderful games, um, keeping us all, you know, busy 
with with something that's different. So shout out to that. Shout out to my brother E um, for, you know, again, putting this, you know, giving us the format to do this podcast and shout out to podcasts for letting us, you know, use our voices to talk about things that we want to. So take care of each other and, and most importantly, take care of yourself. Yes, sir. And I would like to shout out my fam, bam. Um, I appreciate them. I know my kids want to scream and play video games and do all kinds of stuff. And they let me record on certain days and they keep it at a, at a hush for me. Um, I want to thank all of you guys, uh, friends, really family. You guys just jump in. If I ask you guys want to come to the pod, you guys always jump in and do the work and put in and, and it's helping our, our show grow and the listeners and everything like that. And so I really appreciate you guys and you guys are, are, are really strong characters of the show and uh, look forward to the future there. Um, and then I want to shout out the listeners because uh, without that, this wouldn't be possible. Uh, and shout out to uh, all the hip hop that we grew up on. Cause that shit is dope. And uh, I appreciate it. And uh, that's about it. So Suge, take us out of here. Hey, y'all enjoy the masters. It is going to be a great weekend of golf. Peace out. Peace. Much love, fellas. Yes, sir. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Yes, sir. Hey, the three Negroes. The next show, everyone's got to get a nine or a full 18 bars or something on this. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes.